0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
2: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
1: Hey, what's up and welcome to the best ever episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by good friends Andrew Levins and Siobhan Coombs. Hello. uh, Coming to you live from King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street. Or coming to you live from the website Kingscomics.com <laughs> It's live. We're on a website. Yeah, here we are.
3: We're uh, alive for now.
1: Chevalwan, why is this the best episode of serious issues? comic book? Podcast?
3: We all know that quantity yep. is better than quality, and so this is going to be the longest episode. Probably.
1: Because we are cramming in the last two weeks of comics and yeah. reviewing all of these issues uh, from all publishers, Marvel, DC, Image, and more. Um, we have, like, just in, I have over 20 number ones alone. <laughs> uh, I definitely it, don't. You don't? So that's always fun. That's yeah, real fun. For me, <laughs> especially. Um, and, uh, yeah. Sorry, like I want to go through the process. How, how long did you have to read these two weeks? I feel like you, had, you actually had the regular amount of time. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You, you had much less time. So I we, had a, the normally allotted amount of time.
1: We recorded, I still only just made it. We recorded at your house last Wednesday and mm-hmm. then I came straight to uh, Kings afterwards and I picked up my comics. It's currently Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, had, how many days is that? Five, mm-hmm. less than five days. I did the, the first week in, in less than 36 hours.
3: Very impressive. I've
1: just fiended him, And then I was like, cool, this will be, I'll be done with the second week before the week's like even over. Mm-hmm. Then a little game came out, Siobhan. Uh. A game called Celeste on Nintendo Switch. Oh. Which is this like really cool um, 16-bit platformer. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's even eight, it's, yeah, a it's a 6 bit platformer where it's like really really like if you ever played, like super meat boy or something like that. Nope. No. Uh it's really tough and really fun but also there's like this weird story like you're you know this girl called Madeline who's like slowly making her way up a mountain. Cool. And um the mountain is like a metaphor for like her getting Cubity. over No it's like yeah. like being okay with being alone and oh. and like and but not in that kind of way like you know like like being okay with all the thoughts in your head and, okay, and, and right, controlling right. anxiety yeah. and, uh, and panic attacks and stuff like that, which things that I don't really relate to, but I completely appreciate a story about those things. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so that suddenly I was like, Oh God, I have like 40 comics to read and yeah. it's Sunday. Um, but I managed to read them all. Um, Very impressive. however, I'd much rather just talk about Celeste. Yeah. Um, I
3: had a similar thing where one of the, I had Queens of Kings last night Woo it was excellent. And one of the girls from Queens, Trish, gave me 20 volumes of 20th Century Boys. The uh, It's an Urasawa manga that I've never read. Oh, wow. Extremely long running. How many, so it was... Was that
1: like a, in like a suitcase or something like yeah,
3: that? Yeah, it, like, it was the biggest bag of manga. It was so <laughs> exciting. Um, and so I was like, oh, God, I just want to read this. And, but I forced myself to finish.
1: Um, we're going to play a, a game within this um, episode, which could contain many games. Uh, but one of the games is I'm going to try and remember every dumb thing you say and write them down. Yay, and and, and then Jim in the office can vote on what we name the episode. The first potential name is <laughs> the biggest bag of manga.
3: <laughs> that would be disappointing for anyone expecting us to do manga reviews in this episode. That
1: could be a spin-off episode. Mm. Um, we'll, 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 I'll save the document. We can do something with all of these, but just, you know, don't, don't, no pressure. just say as many stupid things as possible. No worries. <laughs> uh, so let's kick things off. Uh, kick off this best episode ever with the best ever segment of our opening segment to every episode, which is called First Things First, in which we review all of the number ones from, in this case, the, first, the, the last two weeks of, of the calendar year.
3: Mm, yes, good.
1: Um, and so if you can think back uh, two weeks ago, um, I was but a boy um, <laughs> somewhere in Southeast Asia eating yep. sticks and drinking beer. I um, was
3: not a girl, not yet a woman. Good song. Now I'm a
1: woman. Uh, another potential name for a thing We just name it all <laughs> Britney Spears lyrics um, But uh, yeah, so we're going to kick off with um, A bunch of Image reviews Because uh, Image put out three number ones two weeks ago And uh, they are all quite good I'm mm. um, going kick off with my favourite by far And this is uh, We've kind of been, been talking about how much we've we been looking forward to this uh, since it got announced. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Ice Cream Man.
3: Oh, great. Your cover's just heaps different to mine. I was like, oh, no, what is it? Yes, yep. Ice Cream Man.
1: I got the Fraser Irving variant cover. Lovely. Um, it's written by W.O. Maxwell Prince oh. and art by Martin Morazo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and those two worked together on a book that we really loved uh, last year. Um, the name of which always escapes me when I try and remember it. Yeah, Um, I almost
3: had it and then it slipped away from me. like
1: the beautiful something. Yeah, the something something. um, We'll figure it out. Hold on, I'm going to figure it out using my brain, a.k.a. Google. The... The... um, Here it is, The Electric Sublime.
3: The Electric
1: Sublime. We thought of it all by ourselves. Um, This is the team uh, coming together for a new um, anthology series Mm. on Image, um, called Ice Cream Man, which features an ice cream man, an Great. ice cream salesman, who, uh, like a Mr. Whippy truck. Mm-hmm. I, I assume everywhere in the world has their own Mr. Whippy. Yeah. that's like That was like the, the crappy soft uh, soft serve ice cream truck that would drive through the, the suburbs of Sydney.
3: Playing green sleeves. Green,
1: yeah, on on a dinky little... Do you, reckon, do you reckon that was just a recording? Or do you reckon it ha- there was like a little machine that pumped that? It was definitely a recording. Yeah, show, definitely I, recording.
3: It's I think that was a small man <laughs> playing a xylophone.
1: Why green sleeves? I mean, it is a... Yeah, man, I don't yeah. know. I don't it, know. Did you ever have the home ice cream truck? No. There was like this. It was like a mail order. Like you got the catalog in the mail, and then you kind of wrote an order of these shitty knockoff ice creams you wanted. And what? then they didn't have a jingle. It was just someone ringing a bell. What? Like it was recess or something.
3: That's terrible.
1: Anyway, their ice creams are okay. Um, ice Cream Man. No, no real comment on the actual ice cream within this issue because that's not what the comic's about, Shimon.
3: Really? This I is read this de- different. This is
1: a. Uh, Twilight Zone-esque yeah. um, anthology series. I assume anthology, but I, I could well see a lot, some of the characters that we in, introduced to in this uh, issue coming coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, w. Maxwell Prince is a very gifted and quirky writer. He wrote a great um, uh, trade a Great, sorry, a graphic novel through Image that came out early last year called "A, a Week in the Library," okay.
2: which is really, really oh, great. Okay, I heard about
1: that. We should talk about that on a future Patreon bonus episode. Mm. Um, and uh, he he definitely like you know like the, the Electric Sublime was all about like murder and crimes within art, mm-hmm. um, and was just always exciting and fun and different to read and. Mm-hmm. When I first heard that this was going to be more like an anthology, my mind immediately went to that very disappointing IDW book that came out last year that was by the same creative team as Lock and Key. And it was actually based off the scripts that Joe Hill, the writer, wrote for a TV show. Mm -hmm. And he had Gabriel Hernandez, I think that's his name. Um, uh, He had him kind of do all of the uh, the art Mm -hmm. instead of it being acted out because I guess the, the TV show didn't get picked up or whatever. And it was quite... I remember the first, like, one shot was kind of fun and then it was just a bit meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, deeply absurd in parts. Yeah. And, like, Morazzo's art is so cool and perfect for this because he's so good at doing this very kind of canny kind of 50s ice cream visual and then, like, real gross, grotesque horror.
3: Yeah, it's a very, like, um, wonky look at suburban life, I suppose. Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, and the main story in this first issue is about a boy with a like a tarantula mm-hmm. um and uh his parents uh have been bitten by this tarantula and are slowly decaying in his kitchen mm-hmm. um and um we meet uh two detectives uh who ha- who have been sent to kind of look into the these missing people mm-hmm. and um when they finally meet the boy and his tarantula, a bunch of crazy shit happens yep um and we learn that the ice cream man is a so
3: well yeah
1: and um <laughs> Who knows what the fuck is going to happen in future issues of this, but like this was just such a great, awesome comic.
3: Yeah. It's a, like, it's very, very strange and funny and has lines like cookies and cream, rocky road, caramel, raspberry surprise. There's a flavor for everyone suffering. So that's good. <laughs> and make no mistake, everyone is suffering. Good. I like it. I'm on board. It's very creepy the colours are so perfect it's all these kind of gorgeous pastels by Chris O'Halloran mm-hmm. um, and I think it uh, I think this is good fun I've sort of like I feel like this is an idea that gets thrown around a lot in comics like the sort of crypt
1: storyteller yeah, yeah
3: exactly and I think this is um, an example of it working really really well
1: I definitely agree this is a a, a must read series IMO pick up Agreed. pick it up everybody get it a great one! A great start to the to this uh, to this episode and and to that week, mm-hmm. whenever it was. Um, they released two other image bo- number ones that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was called "The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson," um, and this was written by Eddie Gorodetsky and Mark Andreko, with uh, art by Steve Sadowski and colors by Hi-Fi. And this tells tells a story of. Uh, basically at one point in his life, Nick Wilson was the only superhero in the world for some, like, and then for some dumb reason, he suddenly loses his powers and has a massive fall from grace Mm -hmm. and is now appearing at kids parties as the superhero he used to be. His life sucks. You know, he's, his agent is shit. He's, uh, and just things aren't going his way. Yeah. And so he does a lot of
3: bongs on the couch.
1: That's right. Um, and, uh, we have a strict dongs not bongs policy on the podcast so we will not be talking about this anymore
3: (laughs) but man there's some good dongs to talk about later on in the show oh hell yeah um i quite liked this issue i don't love the colors just looking through it they're very very
1: stagnant um Um, they actually look like quite throwback like when you get like an old dc like you know chuck dixon batman 90s absolutely yeah yeah.
3: um but you know like I, i think I think this is an idea that people who are familiar with superhero comics are familiar with and it's this is I think Eddie Gorodetsky's first comic. But is Mark Mark Andreico is like fiftieth. Yeah. Fifty
1: thousandth, <laughs> I mean.
3: <laughs> so I think this is like a little bit like, okay, we've been here before. Um but I think it's a pretty good job from a first first writer. There's some funny moments. Yeah. Some moments of sort of sadness and pathos and um I'm down to see where this goes. It has some like ludicrously um, over the top reviews from people like Elvis Costello <laughs> and Sarah Silverman <laughs> and Pen Gillette Oh, Pen and Taylor, Taylor. so stupid. Um, <laughs> but you know, like it's funny. It's a it's a pretty funny comic.
1: Yeah, I thought it was amusing, and I liked that it got the humor not from all the like you know it wasn't like a superhero parody, which I've yeah, read way too many of. Absolutely. This was more about. Like someone who's like a celebrity who's fallen from grace trying yeah. to pick up the pieces of his life and get Definitely. back in touch with people that he used to be pals with before he got superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was enjoyable. I'd love to be sticking around for more issues of this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But Agreed.
1: if you've only yeah. got six bucks, get Ice Cream Man. Yeah. And then get a better job.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm Joe Hockey over here. Um, um, days of Hate was the uh, final number one that image released two weeks ago. Uh, this is a new a new book. Um, one of two number ones that came out this week by um, Alice Cott, the writer, mm-hmm. um, with art by... Oh, no. where is Alice he Cott, there?
3: who looks hilariously like an amalgamation of all of my ex-boyfriends. Oh, really? You haven't just <laughs> seen a picture of him? Yeah. He looks like... I mean, I say all of my ex-boyfriends, but my one ex-boyfriend and my current boyfriend.
1: Oh, right. Who's, well, oh, shit. Nate's, Nate's, sorry, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he
3: looks like a combination of my ex boyfriend, my current boyfriend, and the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's lovely. Well, the, 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 sure
1: the creative team isn't written in their full names at any point in this oh, here book. Here we go on the back page. Literally back page. on the back cover.
3: Oh, God damn it. Drawn by, it, oh, you can try and say damn
1: that. It. Uh, Danielle Zizelge. Colors by Geordie Belair. And yeah, this this book is. Like, somewhat of a kind of, you know, holding up the mirror to today's political issues, but I think and we've.
3: Smashing you over the head with it.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it was as crass as what we've been subject to in comics this last year.
3: Yeah, totally. Alice Cott is just like, he's not subtle and he loves a good, like, long exposition y. Like, look at that. That's a long speech for that very small panel.
1: There, w- there um, was, yeah.
3: And he's not like. He's not subtle about it, but I, I usually do enjoy his work. I think he's sort of a good. He's good at dialogue, good at pacing. Yeah, I really didn't like issue.
1: his his last um, image series, um, the one where all the kids get Generation Gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You stuck pretty... with that longer than I did. I, I did. I, just, and I did. I had, enjoy I had to type out. I read um, it
3: all with like gritted teeth. Woo. But when
1: I go back to like Zero, like I, I I thought Zero was fantastic because the dialogue was very cold and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. suited the kind of spy thriller vibe that he was going for, which he goes for again in the James Bond book that we're about mm-hmm. to talk about later. Um, this is about two sisters One of whom is like a um, Almost like a vigilante mm-hmm. Is she working for police? No But she she basically Going undercover in this Early on she kills a Nazi That she's been semi kind of dating Yeah um, And then uh, Her sister is um, I
3: don't think their sisters I think they were in a relationship right?
1: Oh really? Oh yeah they were in a relationship My bad sorry but there's another comic with sisters. Unless it's way worse. In existence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're exes, and um, the, so the, the, the half this issue is the the one girl uh, like killing a Nazi, and the other half is the is her ex um, in discussions with uh, a government official who wants to track down her ex girlfriend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and that element I think is going to be more enjoyable to read than the kind of you know this. Slightly future society, political. Yeah, yeah. It's set, like
3: ten years in the future, and it's it's pretty um.
1: Like, Nazi, he, he a lot Alice, of Nazis. Alice Scott is, is bold enough to let us know that Nazis are no good. He does not like He's them. the first cut comic book writer to do so. <laughs> um But yeah, I, look, I, I'll be giving this another another shot. It's it's good to know this is a twelve issue mini series. Um, yeah, oh, that is good. Uh And uh, yeah, because called Days of Hate. If this uh, sounds up your alley. Um, I thought the, the the kind of very rough kind of uh, scratchy art suited the, the the book pretty well.
3: Absolutely, really sort of heavy inks. It's a very like grimy looking book. I and think
1: very different colors to what we normally see from Geordie Valera. So absolutely, a Gosh, lot
3: She's so good at like matching. the Like right she doesn't tone. have like someone like Tamara Bombion. You can be like, oh yeah, she definitely um, colored that totally. But with like, Belair- this book is pink as hell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. But yeah, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> but Geordie Valera is like you know. Unless you know she's done it, it it just works so well with whatever project she's been given. Blah, blah, blah.
1: Those are the three image books that came out last week. But did you know that um, the best-selling number one that came out two weeks ago, it's already in its second printing, Um, and it's called Damage. Um, it comes from DC's brand new Age of Heroes line. Uh, it's like what, eight-ish comics um, mm. with a lot of uh, strange comparisons to uh, very well-known Marvel titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was written by Tony Daniel and uh, Robert Venditti um, with art by um, uh, Danny M- Mickey or Mikey. Is that right? I've got all that right? I think I've got it right. No, yeah, sorry. Right, yeah, Storytellers are Tony Daniel and Robert Venditti. So I guess it's it's been drawn by Tony Daniel with... Written by Robert Venditti, and then inks by Danny Mikey, and uh, colors by Timo Moray. And uh, this was shit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it was fine, just kind of not much happened. It was really, like, just introducing us to this, the idea, like, he's like the Hulk, but only for one hour a day, which... Is not a new idea in comics by any means. Well, there and we I don't of, think they've really given us anything new or exciting with this character or this issue.
1: Yeah, the, there is even a Red Hulk in U.S. Avengers. Yeah, and literally, Avengers at the moment who, a thing who, who, like that exists. Who, who is government? He had like a technology given into him by the government that allowed him to be Hulk for one hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it, that's not the same.
3: <laughs> it's <is> a strange. <laughs> it's a strange choice for the DC, for DC to be like. Because the whole thing is like, oh, the DC Universe just got bigger, and it's like the DC Universe already is big. There's a whole bunch of characters that you're not using. Why do you need to create like new shitter characters? Give us an Our Man comic. I would, I would much prefer yeah, that. Yeah,
1: definitely. Frankenstein, come give him Frankenstein. Yeah. A comic. Like Frank, Frank,
3: Frankenstein. J-S-A. JSA.
1: Frankenstein could just be damaged. Yeah. Like just make absolutely it's, it's Frankenstein. Like he's being hired by the government and he's gone AWOL.
3: Yeah, and now Suicide and, Squad needs.
1: Frankenstein. Sorry, thanks, Jim. Um, um,
3: now, you know, suicide. who's that in the Suicide Squad? Who's that? The purple guy yeah, with who's green the purple eyes. Guy with green eyes? No idea. Who's that with a hood and?
1: Is he meant to be like um, parasite or something? The purple guy.
3: I don't know. Anyway, bad.
1: Uh, yeah, a re- bad issue, I think. Real fucking bad, and I, I don't understand why. Also, who's the giant girl yeah. in Suicide Squad? That's rad. Is that what's her name but, from Doom Patrol?
3: uh rita Farr? i don't think so it'd probably be more likely to be like uh what's her name the wonder woman villain giganta Is that her name oh, right. Giganta.
1: Yeah, cool. um so what, what i find baffling i think if, if, if they released this like after the terrifics after like one of the other okay looking ones there are not many of them so i don't know which
3: that's is... the only one that looks good
1: <laughs> no the immortal the one that, that um james tinian wrote with um art by jim lee no not Silence of Jim. <laughs> if they release this one like not first i think i would be more yeah I'd, forgiving yeah cuz i'm like oh whatever it's just another comic who cares but for them to lead out like it's a new age of, of heroes i'm like i don't want a bunch of books like this
3: yeah totally especially cuz this is like there is nothing fresh or interesting about this it is it looks completely dated the cover the cover, the cover with a man
1: no no the, 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 oh. the fold out cover the and the fold out cover is like this disjointed it folds down. half ad for Another one, and also doesn't really work as a fold-out. It's anyway. bad. <laughs> Very strange. And um, then it's...
3: Uh, cause it, and it's also like... It also says that it's a tie into Dark Knight's Metal on the front, but we haven't seen that happen yet. We haven't seen this guy show up in Dark Knight's Metal, right? Yeah. Like, fucking hell, DC.
1: But like, this is just like classic big two bullshit. Like, if DC mm. didn't do this now, Marvel would do it six months from now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think... uh like everyone is team DC at the moment because since rebirth like things have been going pretty good for DC but for me this is just like them getting cocky and also it feels like them going like hey guess what everyone comics aren't for you anymore like <laughs> yeah. comics are still for the same guys that collected all the all the angry image ones in the 90s
3: Yeah true um
1: but yeah look who knows how, how many issues do you see damage going for but keeping in mind that DC seem to keep things along for a lot longer than uh, Marvel would
3: I reckon minimum 12 issues Yeah It'll probably go on forever. It'll probably something. be going after I'm dead. No,
1: actually, I'm, I'm going to call it... I reckon this one has less than 10 issues. All right. I'll see. I'll put money on it.
3: All
1: right. $2. $52. <laughs> um, so that's damage, number one, uh, through DC. Let's talk about Alice Scott again, because he put out a James Bond 007 book for Dynamite. Uh, this is James Bond, The Body. Um, and Woo! Uh, what a body, am I right?
3: Am I right?
1: Art by Luca Casalanguida, one of my favourite names to say on a podcast, uh, with uh, colours by Valentina Pinto, um, And this is pretty much a one-shot, even though yeah. it is going to be an ongoing series, um, that recalls that basically James Bond, while uh, seeing a medic after a, a mission, mm-hmm. um, is kind of r- recapping how he got put in such a state. He's all mm-hmm. bruised and battered and cut up and not really revealing exactly what happened. But he's on painkillers, so he's, you know, he's letting his tongue loose a little bit. His uh-huh. lips loose, is it the thing? Whatever it is. What sinks ships? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we, we kind of uh, tell this story of him, you know, classic espionage mission where he has uh-huh. to go undercover to try and figure out who the threat is. And then when he takes him down, the threat has a note on him that's like, you know, this wasn't my choice. I've been put yeah, up to yeah. this. They said they were going to harm my family. And this it, is really like kind of nice, not nice, but grim, yeah. grim, grim look at what it is to, like to be a secret agent who has to do these missions for the, for his country. And, um, and, and how not everything is as black and white as it seems. And, you know, we know that mm-hmm. comics are never, except for the ones that don't, aren't colored comics, are never black and white. <laughs> but, um, uh, I thought this was just like really well done.
3: I agree. Like if Alice Scott just keeps doing like little one-shot adventure stories for we- his run on James Bond, that's one hundred percent what I want. Like this was a great issue. The art's gorgeous. It was like, like funny and then sad and dramatic. It was everything that I want from a Bond comic. Yeah, and like I- ground level as well. Totally. You know, like
1: I think I think almost every writer that's taken on Bond since Warren Ellis for dynamite has kind of nailed the tone they were going mm-hmm. for really well but some of the stories have been quite lackluster and like the, the villains that they create mm-hmm. for, for for the stories so i think actually treating it like a, a one shot in the same way that the movies are mm-hmm. um is a really, really clever clever way to, clever way to go about doing this agreed yeah um pick this up I, I i think like dynamite have done maybe like three really great things since we started this podcast and they are James Bond um, comics—they've started mm-hmm. um, the Atari comics that we gave us um, Centipede and um, Sword Quest, mm-hmm. and also um, more recently the um, what's the line of superhero books they did um, that we were Sovereigns? In? the Sovereigns mm. books with yep. um, yeah I think th- those those are the three things I think Dynamite might have done great I mean they they cop more flack than. Most publishers for doing a lot of uh, you know things with shitty art and crappy tie-ins. Yeah. But I think those are the three crown jewels. Absolutely. Although, would you believe it that one of our listeners, Connor—of course, it's Connor—has um, uh, convinced me to start reading Transformers.
3: <laughs> it is unbelievable the amount of people I have in my life constantly trying to convince me to read Transformers, and I just, I just don't get it. It is just not something that appeals to me. I love robots having feelings, but within the context of humans.
1: Mm. Well, Connor's told me to read More Than Meets the Eye, which is a very beloved series, apparently. And uh, if they're right, I will I will weep openly to, I would to this, I would to this 100%, book about colourful robots. I
3: would 100% trust
1: yeah. Connor's judgement. Of course. Um, so uh, we've got a couple more number ones from two weeks ago to burn through before we get to a couple more number ones from the week f- after that. Did you read Go West? Nope. Through Alterna Comics. Nope, um, I didn't. Uh, look, I like this publisher a lot. These are the um, the budget comics. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is like a dollar to a dollar fifty American, um, and it's printed on like newsprint paper, which is very poor quality paper. But it means that they can charge cheap and give kind of new writers and creative teams um, a chance to put mm-hmm. out a book. Um, and uh, this is written by Garrett Gunn with art by Saint Yak Sean Fourney. Um And uh, this is like a, a, a pretty straight. I thought it was going to be a Western at first, but then it's like a, um, like a story of a very, very grisly kind of like dull story of revenge, which um, is my favorite kind. Isn't my cup of tea. It's a very, very grisly manly revenge story. So I won't be continuing with this, but um, um, I, I, I like giving Always every, good to give it a go. Yeah. I think alternative comics are really, really cool publisher. So if you haven't, uh, you haven't popped up in your, in your store yet, ask about them. Absolutely. Ask about them. Um, Did you read number one of Strangers in Paradise?
3: I did, despite the fact that I am still... I've read two volumes of the... Pocketbook sized editions, so I'm I'm massively behind. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm like thirty something issues into the entire run. Right, right. Um, Strangers in Paradise is the uh, the very beloved um, Terry Moore um, comic book series that I thought was like a straight up relationship comic, but it's about oh, so much you not more hit than that.
3: All of the weird. Well, no, 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 I, I thought oh, right. at first.
1: I, I, you know, you learn pretty quickly that it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. about the you know secret service yeah. kind of like you know and assassins. The and Parker Girls. Oh god, it's so much fun.
3: God, I fucking <laughs> love it.
1: Uh, but it also is about. Relationships and, yeah. and friendships, and at its core, uh, it's a romance comic. Yeah, um, it's so good. Um, I I read the first page of this, and I was just like, oh god, I don't want it to spoil the book. Mm, I know. And so, if I having read, read it, did I it spoil read it. anything? Or, really? Look,
3: it gives it spoils things in a certain sense that like you see where characters are sure further on. Right. Um, but it was nice. <laughs> I liked it. I was mm. on board with it, and it's like it was. Um, I almost feel like you could read this without having read any any previous stuff. That's cool. That's awesome.
1: I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, now that we've gotten through this insane glut of comics, I'm, I'm, my attention is all strangers now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and burn through the rest of that series so I can catch up in time for the second issue of this to come out and we can, we can review it together. Um, but Jim, um, as the biggest fan of Strangers in Paradise that I know, mm-hmm. and of Terry, Terry Moore as well, um, did you read this? Yes. Yeah, and uh, he said yes. I'll, I'll dictate to you, dear listener. Great. Um, how long has it been since Strangers in Paradise? 25 years to the month. Well, that's when it started. Yeah, when, when when it, started. 25, it came out 25 years ago. Yeah, give me your mic, Siobhan. You don't need it. Give me the mic, Siobhan. Come on. Um, so it came, it, when was the last issue of Strangers in Paradise oh, out? Oh, God. Uh, over, over a decade ago, right? the uh, 90s. Oh, fuck me. That's wild. I yeah, right. I
2: think. It, ha- it has been a while.
1: And he's done since done Rachel Rising and um, Motor Girl. Oh, um,
2: yeah. The, the, I mean, everything he's bought out since uh, kind of ties into Strangers in Paradise in one way or another, although he never explicitly said that. Um, but, yeah, go- going back into the series, it has just been absolutely, you know, it's, it's just a joy, man.
1: Great. So this is this is like, you know, were you, were you stressed about this being shit? Or Terry Moore is a pretty incredible track no, record. I, I'm pretty confident that Terry Moore just doesn't do shit comics. I mean, unless it's for another publisher, some of his other runs, you know, whether it's been... Runaways or whatnot haven't been as strong, but his creator own stuff is is always always on point, and really 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 well done. Cool. Uh, I can't recommend the the series enough. Everyone's awesome. got to read it. Thank you, guest reviewer Jim. Um, if you back g- to the voice. Ask for him Chabon's by name head. every time you visit King's Comics. Ask for the the Jim hit of the week, oh. and he'll try and sell you your Savage Dragon. Back <laughs>
3: I would just also make, like to make the point quickly that Terry Moore is one of the best at doing um, a varieties of female body shapes. Women are different heights and have different builds that are reflected in their characters. And it's a, so, always such a joy to see. And it's so rare with male artists. And the
1: same women are different builds throughout the series yes, too. Yes. Like the weight fluctuates. and Yes. Yeah. And it's not just this character's fat now. Like other characters are like will be a bit more built at some mm-hmm, point mm-hmm. And like, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, so, he's such a good cartoonist. He's
3: such a good cartoonist,
1: guys. Um, so the last comics that I read two weeks ago, or I oh said God, I would read. Oh my God, you're hilarious. I was, yeah, Xenoscope put out two number ones. I just,
3: I've, I've, I've decided I'm not looking at Xenoscope comics anymore. I, I, I try.
1: I, I only look at them because you, uh, you, you thought that was so funny. They're at, very at first. funny. And so like, they, they basically do like fractured fairy tales. And it used to be like... Like, back in my day, Xenoscope, <laughs> Fractured Fairy Tales, it was just, like, like TNA on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then TNA on the insides. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing TNA on the cover. Um, so, Robin Hood, with a Y. Um, and then Belle, Beast Hunter, were the two number ones that I thought I would read. But, like, I was expecting, like, a sexy, stupid rump. No. It's so boring.
3: <laughs> they And they are also, like, like, there is such a connected universe with these characters that they are like impenetrable. Yeah. Like I read a couple that were like oh this is a great jumping on point point," and I was like no it fucking isn't Xenoscope I don't know who any of these people are and it's bonkers.
1: At one point Robin Hood in her comic which is written by Chuck Dixon What? Yeah. I know. You've, you've fallen he's, so he, far He's Chuck. fallen so far. You know he, he he supported the Kickstarter campaign of that diversity in comics guy. Oh no. Yeah he's no good. No. Um, but uh at one point, Robin Hood uh, fires an arrow into the back of someone's head and his eye is hanging out. Cool. And while his eye hangs out of his head, which is also smoking for some reason, maybe he's a demon, he goes, you righteous little cow, with his eye hanging out of his head. And he says, you bitch. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was one of the, my favorite panels of the week, but I, I couldn't <laughs> really read much more of it. I, yeah, I don't know why. I, I, you know, It speaks volumes that I was like, why isn't this sexy inside?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's disappointingly unsexy.
1: But What's the point of having a sexy cover? I don't. I f- like I own have it. no idea. Own it. I
3: don't understand who these are for, who this appeals to. No one's managed to like explain to me why anyone likes it, but they people buy them. They have enough people buying them to continue printing them.
1: Yeah, it's so dull and, and wordy inside. Yeah, and like it, 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 there's this, this intricate lore mm-hmm. and like exposition, and yeah.
3: there are a lot of female xanoscope fans, which always just boggles my mind.
1: Well, I guess, it, you know, you, if you grow up with Disney movies and, and, and fairy tales and all that kind of thing, there is somewhat of a like, oh, cool. And well, now this, this you know, yeah. character has guns <laughs> and a massive rack. <laughs> but um, <laughs> guns and a massive rack, another potential nice. name for, the, uh, for this episode. Add, it, add um, it to the list. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just, I can't get over how profoundly boring these books are.
3: Yeah. that's That's the key thing. They are like... Boring and poorly illustrated.
1: Yeah. Oh, the, like, the covers, you know, for, for being TNA, it's good TNA on the yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, but like, yeah, the insides are they like... trickier. trick you. Yeah. They're always doing that to me. Actually, the the, the the art on the Bell book was much better than the art on the uh, Robin Hood book. Uh, oh my God. This guy's name is Bong Dazo. <laughs> <laughs> like Bong, B-O-N-G, B-O-N-G yep. is his first name and his last name is D-A-Z-O. Oh my God. Bong Dezo. That's incredible. Wow, I love it. changed his name to Bong? Do you think he'd bon me Bong?
3: and I could be Mrs. Bong Dezo?
1: <laughs> I wish he took... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't Bong Coombs would be good. Shabong. Yay. Shabong. <laughs> Shabong. <laughs>
3: Beautiful. Uh...
1: could potentially call this episode Shabong. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, well, I'll actually, I'm going to put these two together. So, okay, cool. we've been getting... Each know. week, we've been getting uh, different... Uh, one-shots in the Star Wars Forces of Destiny series, which is a spotlight on different female characters in the Star Wars universe. Um, it started out really, really strongly with um, a, a book all about Princess Leia that was um, written and drawn by Elsa Charatier. Um And I was like, wow, this series is going to be like essential. It's so good. And um, Elsa's done like a bunch of the, um, the, the variant covers, which have been another oh, selling just- point for me as well. Um, so I read, two weeks ago I read Hera or Hera. I don't watch Clone Wars. Um, she is green with two spindly things coming out of her head. <laughs>
3: She's got two sexy tentacles.
1: Um, and uh, this was like a kind of by the numbers, like her doing like a mission-y thing. She's like a with, and there's like a talking otter. Cool. In this is it star Wars? i don't know i don't know it was written by Devin grayson with art by ava Wilderman. and i th- look ava widerman and monica C- cabina on colors their art was like pretty okay like you know it was passable mm-hmm. um very kind of like uh children's storybook kind of like mm-hmm. like when you buy like the um the
3: the official pic- picture book
1: the official picture book of a disney movie mm-hmm. it, it would fit right in with that um but it was like you know the the level of incredible art on display in that layer book. It just hasn't come close. And then the, uh, the second book I read this week was, um, Star Wars forces of destiny, Ahsoka and Padme from the prequel trilogy. Um, with another, Ahsoka Ahsoka is, um, Uh, that one, the one with like, actually it's like a
4: crest. I don't
1: know. know. But this artwork was like real, not good. Mm. Um, just like very, very simple, simple line work and very flat, Digital coloring, nothing in the backgrounds, mm. um, and it was just yeah. The actual story was was pretty good. Um, it was written by um, Beth Revis with um, art and colors by Valentina Pinto. Actually, Valentina Pinto was the uh, colorist on the James Bond book that I quite, yeah. that we quite liked. So there I you go. Just, um, maybe this is a rush job, uh, but um, it looks like like very very static images that mm. you could cut out and then like create like a diorama with. Cool. <laughs> so maybe if you have these comic you could do that with these instead um but uh the the, the story was actually k- kind of good like Padme um assigns Ahsoka to kind of like um you know keep an eye out for something for her and then she ends up um saving Padme's life and there's a really cool action scene where um uh someone like disguises themselves as an ally and then um puts a bomb on a table and. Um, Padme throws the table towards Ahsoka who has a lightsaber out and she like cuts a hole in the, um, in the, in the table around the bomb perfectly and then forces it away. Cool. With like, the bomb away and then explodes in the corner. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty neat. But um, other than that, force? yeah, this has just been like a pretty disappointing series since that very very great layer issue. But tricked there, us. there are two more. We've got left. We've got uh Rose and Thingo from uh, from The Last Jedi. Oh, that's it. There's one more. Rosen Page f- is the last one, written by Delilah S. Dawson and uh, by Nicoletta Baldari. Um, so hopefully it's the same artist Whoever did the cover. The cover looked quite cool. I'll let you know next Thank week you. when we only have to review one week of comics. Can you believe it?
3: I don't. I won't.
1: So on to this week's uh, number ones and I want to kick it off with a couple of Marvel number ones, just like uh, Image put out three number ones the week before last. Uh, Im- Marvel put out three this week. Um, and we'll kick off with um, Legion Number one, um, he's back, everybody. The one and only uh, David. Ha- um, is it Haller? Who is his Haller, mom? David Haller.
3: Who's Who's Legion's mum? If his dad is Professor X, it's
1: it's Maureen Maureen? McTaggart, isn't it? Yeah, because it's like it's the Scottish connection. He's Scottish. I, I don't know maybe.
3: anything about this character. Why Why are his parents said, not present? Have in you his not life?
1: read X Men Legacy? The no. um, Sisebury. Oh man, you gotta get it. that. Should be mm, on like. No. It's so good.
3: I don't want to.
1: It's really, really great.
3: Is it like this? Because I didn't like this.
1: Oh, really? Well, it's not. It's not like this. It's okay. way zanier and crazier. And like when every time. Oh, he, this was too zany. <laughs> no, but like not like, but in in a sci way, which yeah, I know yeah, you're yeah. a fan of. I do like sci-fi. Um, so in in his run, uh, Legion has like basically like when like someone, he either creates a a persona or takes it depending on who's running him or like when someone dies around him, he takes on their persona within his mind. And if they're super powered, he has access to their abilities. Um, In, X Men Legacy. It chooses to represent that as like there being a mental, institu- mental institution, or like a jail inside his head, and mm. he has to go in it to let them out of their cells to access their their powers and abilities. That's fun. It's really really cool and crazy, and like it's such a brilliant series. Mm. Um, one of the one of my favorite series from the last from Marvel from the last decade for sure. Um, this uh, is written by Peter Milligan with art uh, by Wilfredo Torres.
3: I like Wilfredo Torres a lot.
1: Colors by Dan Brown.
3: Good colours too. Yeah. Thanks for um, the Da Vinci Code.
1: <laughs> We've made that joke before. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure I have. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a, uh, a, a Legion who is who is very much alive, which is not what he was when I last saw him. Mm. Um, and that doesn't really ex- explain how he is alive now, but whatever. Um, comics is fine. Um, but this is him basically like dealing with some crazy bullshit, which he may or may not have caused himself. Then he gets taken to a hospital and uh, he's, he's released something inside of him um, into the world. Mm. Um, And he is going to try and either like destroy it or put it back into his mind, but he needs help. And so we're introduced to a new character who is a psychotherapist for the stars. stars. Her name is Dr. Hannah Jones. She's a uh, black woman from London now living in Hollywood um, and uh, doing talk the talk show cir- circuit, and um, I guess it's up to them to, to kind of team up to take down um, these horrible things that have escaped Legion's mind. Why didn't you like this?
4: I
3: don't know. It was all right.
1: Yeah, I thought this was it. It, it shades. It's a it's a shade against. Uh, sorry. It's it, it's it pales against um, X Men Legacy. But um, I thought it was fun enough and a different take on. The character enough that, like, you know, and and the plot that I'll I'll definitely keep reading this series.
3: I think this wasn't, like, a great introduction to the character or the concept. Okay, I'll definitely give you that. So, like, as someone who has, like, no idea of this character, I just, like, Professor X is not a good guy, is he? No. Sounds like he was not a present father. That's
1: not good at all.
3: (laughs) Um, So, I just sort of didn't, I, I, I didn't really understand. I didn't really care.
1: Um, X Men Legacy actually the first issue is 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 immediately after Professor X dies, mm. and it's David dealing with that first and foremost.
3: That's so recent. For some reason, I thought that was like an older series.
1: No, no, no. It's like it's like three or four years like old. Mm. I highly well. recommended. Everyone listening, X Men Legacy, very very good with brilliant covers by Mike Del Mundo.
3: I like that he has the same eyebrows as Professor X, big <laughs> pointy eyebrows. <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, look, I'll I'll be continuing with this series. I understand if you don't want to. I also was a big fan of the uh, Legion series on FX last year, which was nothing like this. Mm. Um, And I'm glad that they didn't try and um, mirror Legion so he now looks like the actor that played him who didn't have big, crazy hair. Yeah, that would be a shame. Because I love Legion's hair it's real good. Um yeah, look, I'll I'll stick with it. If it if it if it if it definitely becomes something that I think you'll love, I'll force you to read it. Great, thank you. At gunpoint. Um in Human's Judgment Day number 1 was another Marvel book that came out. Um and uh Siobhan, did you know that on top of uh reading all of the number one, all of the books that came out last year and the last week and the week before, um I also managed to catch up on all of the issues of um Royals which oh, was yeah, the yeah. Al Ewing um, Inhuman series uh, that I it was only two mm. but uh, I was behind and I, I knew that that would lead directly into this this is a one shot uh, written by Al Ewing um, with art by the aforementioned Mike Del Mundo and uh, previous uh, Royals artist Kevin Labranda as well inks by Mark Deering and colors by Jose Villarubia um, and uh, this uh, basically is kind of like setting the stage for uh, the future of Inhumans comics mm-hmm. but the good thing about that is that it's allowing the black bolt comic to at least I don't know, it seems like it's gonna to go to at least issue twelve. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And that's a great comic. Um Thank goodness. But yeah, I I did having have you are you all caught up on um you didn't read all of Royals. No,
3: no, no. I stopped reading Royals. Um but I thought this did like a really good job of catching you up to what happened and like where Definitely. that family are right now.
1: And because that's such an out there series anyway, I wasn't like, Oh, so, I've already read this when they yeah, were recapping yeah. it for me having just finished the series. Um, it was good getting a recap, even as someone that had just read it.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Is this this is just a one shot?
1: Just a one shot. Yeah.
3: Disappointing. Uh, what's going on next within humans? Are you going to keep writing? them? I guess
1: um, Medusa and Black Bolt will have a proper reunion. We see them have a kind of a spectral uh, reunion in this. Um, mm-hmm. And Medusa, who who started out in the Royal series, is dying and without her powers, mm-hmm. um, she shoves a crystal into her head. And now she's now fine. She got hair again, guys. Yeah, big glorious hair. The Le- real Brando draws brilliant Medusa hair. And I, I, I mean, he did the almost. He did a great deal of that royal series. And um, how disappointing as an artist to be like, yes, I'm drawing it in human's book. Oh, but um, Medusa doesn't have long hair. It's yeah. just grey and withered. Uh, so like seeing him let 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 it rip on her hair Absolutely. and this issue was real fun. Same as Mike Del Mundo's, that's a brilliant one page of Medusa getting her powers back Gorgeous. and her hair is just all over the joint. Um, yeah, look, I would recommend this. Like I was saying to some friends the other day, like that people kind of regard this era of Inhumans as like, just like one of the worst things Marvel has been doing lately. Like, you know, I'm, I, the, all the worst things Marvel has been doing lately have all been stupid business decisions. Yeah. It's very rarely a creative decision that I think is worth at the, uh, worth raging about. Absolutely. Um, but people will tell you that it's about like, you know, certain agendas um and beyond the mm. uh you know the pc agendas that most people complain about another one is that you know um in inhuman like the x men were shafted for the inhumans to to kind of you know soar instead of them yeah. um and whether or not that, that you know the, the, the essence of that is true if that was like a you know a, a command from up on high at marvel hq um i think that that this whole era of the inhumans being a bigger presence in the marvel universe has actually been really good
3: you know what i sort of like I, I've quite enjoyed the Inhumans comics. I don't know if the way that they have been introduced to the wider Marvel universe has necessarily sure. been like a hundred like. Oh, that Terrigen that Mist was stupid. Yeah, um, but like that. the majority of like the in Inhuman stuff has been really good fun. It's good comics.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's only done Royals.
3: I need to do something else.
1: You know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. He did. Uh, Charles Soul was pretty much oh, in charge yeah, very, very, of all, and I think I, know, I, I I I think of all of his stuff quite warmly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, and then again, yeah, the, the, the um, Salad and Ahmed. Um, it's been excellent. Uh, Black Bolt run is very good too,
3: and it means we're getting a Lockjaw series, guys. Yeah, so that's the yeah, it's, it's a like standalone Lockjaw. So we draw get series. this
1: in this uh, Inhumans uh, one shot, we get this incredible epic, you know, cosmic story that mm-hmm. I, I thought was going to feed into the big next cosmic infinity event. Mm. Um, But instead it's like to be continued kind of in the next issue of Black Bolt and then the Lockjaw comic, which you know will have nothing to do with this um, book at all. I imagine that Lockjaw comic will be fun all ages romp.
3: God, I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's not some like really serious cosmic thing.
1: (laughs) Or or maybe it's about what all all superhero books are about now. Maybe Lockjaw has a child (laughs) that he has to raise.
3: And PTSD.
1: Perfect. Um, So that was Inhumans Judgment Day number one. And I know Siobhan didn't read this one. I didn't. I I subject myself to reading these. These are the prelude books to every Marvel movie, the MCU movie. Um, I read Avengers Infinity War Prelude um, number one, written by Will Corona Pilgrim with art by Ty Walker um, and colors by Chris O'Halloran. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with, you definitely are familiar with Chris O'Halloran. He did the colors on Ice Cream Man earlier. Um, And Ty Walker um, is the best artist I've seen on these prelude books so far. Mm. It's really good. That's and real nice. not only is it like great to see great art on this, normally this is just them recapping MCU mo- moments, which is bullshit. Cause who cares about like, like, like see, really yeah. not me. Um, but, uh, I thought that's all we were getting. Cause you get like the, the finale of um, civil war, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, Cap and Iron Man have their big face off and Bucky escapes to Wakanda. Um, but, uh, we get that at first and then suddenly it changes and it actually this is actually kind of almost essential reading before seeing um cool. the Infinity War. I would like if you were a massive M- MCU buff, hundred percent pick this comic up because it kind of shows discussions and it um o- o- between Captain America, Bucky and, and Black Panther and he actually puts Shuri in charge of like um working on like fixing Bucky. Cool. So he does isn't still under um the command of uh Hydra. Um and then uh yeah. Then there's like yeah, all, all kinds of like um, cool little setup that I guess we're going to get um, for in, in in the lead up to Infinity War. I would recommend this. I, I've never wow. thought I would say this, but um, this isn't even a reluctant recommend. The art was really good and the story was uh, was really interesting um, as like Easter Egg stuff for for the MCU movies. Oh, cool. So yeah, highly recommend it. I, Avengers, it's so rare for any of those
3: to be of value. Oh yeah,
1: this definitely is. Avengers: Infinity War prelude. Uh, check it out if you like the MCU a lot and would like to know a little bit of info before going into that movie. Uh, now, we mentioned him earlier when we were talking about Black Bolt. but Wait, he...
3: hang on. I have one more um, Marvel number one. Holy moly. It was an annual. Does not okay. even really count? Uh, sure, okay. Uh, I read X-Men Blue annual. You know what? I shouldn't even have brought it up. Not good. <laughs> not good? Got stuff to do with Venom. I got halfway through and went, nah.
1: Why is Venom in X-Men Blue?
3: I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> it was bad. That sucks. Um, Great art, Adam's cover,
1: though. My incredible segue. Or that's right. Or Nick Bradshaw. Segue. Nice. Not Sieg. Uh, my incredible segue that I was going to do earlier was going to be, um, we mentioned him earlier in his great Black Bolt run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by Saladin Ahmed and he had a new number one. He's, I guess his second comic ever because mm. Black Bolt was his first. Um, he's a, of course, a novelist. Um, uh, this is a book that came out through Boom Studios um, with art by Sammy Cavella, who we last saw on a book that we loved the art on, but um, weren't too sure about the, uh, the writing, um, the book. Beautiful Canvas, the Black Mask book written by the Australian oh, writer. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: The Ryan K. Lindsay book. Yeah,
1: that's right. Ah. Um, and I love Sammy Cavella's art on that. Yes. Um, so it was really great to see them show up on this one. Uh, Colours by Jason Wordy. This is a very different book to Black Bolt. Yes. Um, it is a um, uh, set in Detroit in the 70s. And um, Abbott refers to the character of... Some actually remember what her, last, her first name is. Whatever, we'll get to it. Her
3: last name is Abbott. Abbott. Um, she and, is a hard-hitting journalist.
1: Um, and, and In Detroit in the 70s, and she's black. Yes, so, uh, and the, a woman. And a woman. So like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one-two punch mm-hmm. of, of problems mm-hmm. in that field yes. of employment. Absolutely. But she is hard as nails, and she's going to uncover the truths in her area, um, even if the man tries to get her down. Um, and
3: constantly does. She's a hard smoking, sometimes drinking. Yep. only two brandies holy. a night. Yeah, I love that's like it. A, that's
1: a reasonable amount. She lo- she lo- does she likes routine. Absolutely. Um, and uh, this is quite a straight down the middle kind of like uh, look at you know racial tension in mm-hmm. Detroit in the seventies in America, um, and also about like you know the the the, the importance of journalism during mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost like, you know, if you told me that this Abbott character was a real character, I, w- I would believe that this, Like you know, it, it, this feels very real.
3: Yeah, she feels very lived in. Definitely. Like all of her routines and all of her little quirks are so, um, it's a very thorough version of a character.
1: So I was, I was getting on board with this potentially historically accurate um, journalist book. Yeah. But then, then supernatural crazy shit. Yeah um an old friend of hers has been taken by a demon um in in the past and now a bunch of uh violent acts uh, are, are reminding abbott of uh of of the circumstances that took her friend mm-hmm. and uh her ex husband is um is the chief of is the police chief mm-hmm. and um she, he he just doesn't believe her at all i think she's going going cuckoo cuckoo bananas as they say in Detroit in the 70s. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess this is going to be about, you know, is are these supernatural things real or in her head? Are like, you'll all be killed, which we'll talk about later.
3: What a great issue. Yeah, I thought great, this was incredible. Great first I loved issue. it.
1: I almost was like, oh, supernatural shit, because I just, I really like the character of it. but, I mean, I guess there's a, that'll make for a pretty fun read. Um but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess there certainly are historically accurate works of fiction that are similar to how this book began that I could go to if yeah, I want for that sure. vibe. For but, sure. um, you know, with the supernatural tinge, it's got to mm. be a comic.
3: It absolutely does. Couldn't get it anywhere else. I really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, me too. I think um, Saladin Ahmed's uh, portrayal of these characters is really compelling and good. And mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and it, doesn't, it doesn't... Like, even though this is, you know, telling a story about a climate where, you know white men were you know in all the places of power in the journalism mm-hmm. um field and you know regularly the police chiefs. So. Chief, yeah and then regularly used the n word mm-hmm. and they you know they used the word negroes as like the better n word but mm-hmm. you know the society tr- still hasn't quite made made it known that that's not the word to say either um this didn't feel as heavy-handed as some of the like kind of modern political books that we read
3: yeah absolutely
1: yeah i thought it, w- it was it was a very well done mix with a lot of heart
3: agreed Look can't for- recommend this enough.
1: Look forward to where it goes in the future. Absolutely. Go check it out. Abbott, issue one through Boom Studios by Saladin Ahmed, who is going to be a very, very, very well-loved well, well loved writer in no time, I'm sure. I hope so. Um, so my favorite number one this week was a, uh, a manga um, that oh. was colored. It was an 80-page giant that came out through Udon, um, who do a lot of uh, translations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, Mega Man Master Mix. Um, and it's actually, you know, it, uh, that, that game I was talking about at the start of the episode, Celeste, definitely has like some amount of inspiration from Mega Man. It's very, you know, tough as nails platformer that requires a lot of uh, uh, memory and, mm-hmm. and, and, and dying and dying and repeating and repeating. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people have loved a lot of the um, the uh, Archie published uh, Mega Man mm-hmm. books. Um, in fact, who is the writer on um, uh, the that last uh, Archie superheroes book you talked about last week, mm,
3: I can't remember. He wrote New an, Crusaders. He, no, can't New Crusaders. Like, yeah, whoever, whoever, whoever's
1: writing that, he wrote a um, a Mega Man book, which is like beloved. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, I uh, for whatever reason the art on uh, on those books just never really appealed to me, mm-hmm. but seeing this as like beautifully colored manga, um. It's so so well done, and what it is is it, this is just the first mega Man game in comic book form cool um you were introduced to uh Mega Man, who is known as rock um mm-hmm. and uh his uh his Basically. creator Do- what's that it's, it's an astro, it's astro Boy, right? kind of thing yeah dr light creates um rock um mm-hmm. a- who goes on to become mega Man and a bunch of other robots um the ro- all the different other robots um uh, have been fed. Um, code bad code by the evil Doctor Wiley, Great. Um, and uh, it's up to Mega Man to stop all of the robots. And every, each time he takes down one of those robots, he take he gets a new power from them, and then you use those powers to you know go through the stages, etc., etc., etc. Like this, on on paper, sounds like the most boring comic, like a almost note for mm. note um, comic book adaptation of a completely dialogue free um, arcade platformer from the eighties. But I loved this so much. Maybe it's because I know this game almost back to front, and I have such warm nostalgic feelings for for the Mega Man franchise. But like, yeah, this was so great, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna be quarterly, Um, yeah, quarterly, and eighty, and and that means that we get an eighty-page, like, book for every single Mega Man game right up to like the Mega Man X games. That's that's so fucking great, and this will be a a very very prized thing in my collection. Nice. Yeah, if you like. um, classic video games or even just like just fun all ages action manga um check out Mega Man master mix issue one um i'll definitely be on board for every volume of this because this is really sick and definitely up my alley
3: not mine
1: (laughs) um how about the character of raven is she up your alley
3: she sure is i am a big fan of um marv wolfman and josh prez's New Teen Titans run from the late 70s, early 80s. And
1: it was the book that you forced. Oh, no. Was we it did Jeff Johns Jeff Run. Jones, Teen which Titans, is. Queens of Kings my favorite. Right?
3: And everyone loved it. Is, Ra- is Raven
1: a member of that team? She is. She is, right. She absolutely is. Um,
3: so, our story and, arc is about saving her.
1: Anyway. Um, Marv Wolfman was back, everybody, for a new Raven series called Raven Daughter of Darkness. Now, I remember when our podcast started, at some point, a couple months in, we started reading a, a, Ma- a Raven miniseries that I think. Did yeah. he write that one too? Yeah, he also. And wrote it was about her trying to fit in at school or something. Yeah yeah I, I lasted one issue of that and I imagine that'll be the same for this one same um so this is written by Marv Wolfman with um art by pop man and um colors nice. by Laverne Kinzierski um and it it's like raven oh my god this is this is called the girl with the anime eyes
3: yep yes it sure is
1: part one under the hood why Cause... the fuck is it called the girl with the anime eyes Because
3: the final page reveal of the girl who doesn't have any face except for giant anime eyes. Oh, right. That's why. Okay, right. (laughs) I don't think this was a good issue. I, like, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that old men can't write teenage girls accurately, but in this instance he didn't.
1: And for the most part they can't. (laughs) For the most part they can't, yeah. But he did, did in the past. Did Wolfman create her? I think so, yeah. Right.
3: Um, Marvel has done many, 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 many great comics. This is not one of them.
1: Yeah. It's a bummer. Uh, I, I, I just hate how every single comic I've read about Raven is about her struggling with the fact that her father is a demon.
3: Yeah, I know. And it's like, she can be quite boring. I think that like the Teen Titans TV series, like the animated show and Teen Titans Go have probably done the She's, best, I love her Teen best Titan things Co. for her character. Um, in the comics, just her always being like, I was raised on a planet where they wouldn't let you show emotions because if I show emotions, I'll let my father into the our dimension, and I can't do that. And it's just a bit boring. Yeah. Um. This was just a little bit boring.
1: There you go. Um. So, are you going to continue giving no. another rush shot? No. Cool. No. I'm love with that one. I'm out. Image uh, put out a new number one called Dissonance, issue number one, uh, through Top Cow, and it was one of the ones uh, under the new banner, Glitch Presents. So I don't know how... Like, that's, like, three different things working together. Glitch, Top Cow, and Image. Um, And uh, if you thought this was very, very similar to an Image, Top Cow, and Glitch book that came out a while ago called God Complex, you would be very right.
3: Absolutely. It looks
1: really similar, and it was also... Actually, it was definitely a bit more interesting than God Complex was. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let Siobhan explain what the fuck this comic was about.
3: Oh, no. Um, A brother and a sister who, uh, on some kind... Oh, there's, like... (laughs) aliens and they come to earth and then there are people who are halfway between aliens and people, or they work together in some kind of mech Pacific yeah. rim kind of way. So just
1: like another recent Top Cow book, um, Port of Earth, aliens come to earth um, with new technologies to share. Mm-hmm. And in return, they want to let the the spirits of, of aliens bond with human bodies and thus end the lives of humans um of like, you know, certain humans. They don't mm-hmm. need many, but they have to kill a few humans to give to the aliens. Um and then they live as like these alien human hybrids. Yeah. meanwhile there's like, yeah, two
3: And you can either be like full sync or half sync. So the half sync ones still look vaguely humanoid, whereas the full sinks are like crazy rats, animals. Big and... big rats. Yeah. In parents.
1: Yeah, and then the bulk of this issue was about these the brother and sister who he, their family were, were in part of in a, in a place of power in yeah. this alien world are they humans? I guess they are yep they're human children um, human teen, teens I guess yep and um, uh, the sister hate, resents the brother um, and the brother is trying to usher in a new way of controlling the aliens mm-hmm. and he does this by killing someone at a fashion show <laughs> yeah And and then a board of weird aliens are like what the fuck are you doing? And I thought, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> and um, then the
3: sister's, like, got a lot of emotional problems and has, like, a whipping girl where she, like, yeah. I don't... I think audience-wise, this is a little bit confusing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it looks like it's really going to appeal to teens and then it has a lot of themes that I don't think are, like... I don't know.
1: Um I
3: really like the art. Sammy Basri, I think, does a great job. Yeah, And too. the colours are really lovely.
1: It's Sakti Yuono. It
3: is quite... Impenetrable. So at it's this point. It was
1: created by Melita Kurfee with uh, written writing by um, Sinji Nogoro and um, Ryan Cady. I uh, some great
3: character designs, yeah. And I, I
1: think from that alone, I might give this another shot. Yeah, um, I'm going to continue. It, the, well, the worst thing about this book is that um, instead of like leading with the um, the catwalk assassination, we are given a huge info dump which catches yeah. us up to speed. of... Like, you know, that, that terrible rendition of uh, us explaining what's going on in the world is told over two pages, and uh, yeah. it's just not a nice way to begin any new series, I don't think.
3: Yeah, I think that there are uh, cleverer ways to impart that information.
1: It should just be a rule, like, you, you should have, no, like, 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 there should be 100 words tops on your first page of comic.
3: Mm.
1: It's like 500, no, 300. Okay, maybe there should be 80, 80 Eight. words. It's <laughs> a new rule, everybody. I'll be judging all comics uh, on this new rule that no one will ever <laughs> adhere to. Um, so, uh, the final number one that I read this week uh, was a dark horse, uh, book, um, called vinegar teeth, uh, written by Troy Nixie, who I've been reading the first works of through dark horse. Mm -hmm. That's been, uh, recolored, um, called Jenny Finn. Uh, he wrote -wrote a book with Mike Mignola. It's uh, being re-released at the moment, but this was, uh, written and drawn by Troy Nixie, co-written by Damon Gentry and colors by Guy Major. Um, and this is a real crazy, yeah. bonkers book um, about, uh, like, I thought that the Saladin Ahmed's book, Abbott, the the boom book, mm-hmm. that felt like a classic dark horse crime fiction mm-hmm, with a little mm-hmm. bit of supernatural elements book to me. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this feels like, like that other part, like, the, this is like the, what's that, like Lenore and like all that yeah, wacky, yeah, 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 wacky yeah. bullshit, slightly grim and gloomy comics, but...
3: Yeah, this is like there. This feels very like British. Reminds right. me of sort of um something you'd get in like 2008. Sure, yeah, I'll something give you that like for that. Sure. Um, it's, it's a very strange book, but I quite liked it. Yeah, me
1: too. Um, there so there's a, like a police detectives and then they're they're, they're tracking down a, a gang. They've finally got the drop on them, and then suddenly a massive weird alien creature shows up and eats the guy they're trying to catch, and um. He, this this weird being becomes, like, a town hero. They nickname him Vinegar Teeth because his teeth smell like vinegar. Um, and then it's, like, a buddy cop thing yeah. with, like, this, like, you know... Drunk Drunk detective trying to team up with this guy. But there's all kinds of weird, dark bullshit happening in this. Uh, like, literal bullshit. That's yeah. Bullshit is the word that appears the most in this uh, issue. Yeah. Um, it's a completely absurd, crazy ride. Um, I and liked it though. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it enough to yeah. read another issue off.
3: It's like gross and it's kind of set in the, like around 1910 or something like that. Like, 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 like almost every Mike Mignola book. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's lots of like, a lot of um, sound effects and stuff like that. I, I thought this was silly and good. Yeah, so I enjoyed fun. it. it. To... Yeah, this was pretty good.
1: Pretty good book. So it's called Vinegar Teeth if you want to check it down. I love the cover. I love just yeah. the, the font they choose to write vinegar teeth. It's, Absolutely. Is, is a real nice one. It's great. So, Siobhan, we did it. Uh. That's it. The end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All the number ones have been reviewed. I think you and I should take a small break before we uh, review the rest of the comics that came out over the last two weeks. Check. And uh, we will see you on the other side, dear listeners. Mission. And we're back, welcome back to The Other Side Um, What should I put in that, should I put a little bit of like a, should I put Intermission by The Offspring in there? Yes Do you know what that I'm talking about? Yes yeah, yeah. I do, yeah, cool. I like The Offspring as a team <laughs> Really? Yeah. What favourite Offspring album?
3: Oh, I can't remember now
1: Ixnay on the ombre?
3: Probably I
1: like that one a lot I uh, think yeah, that's what intermission comes up actually Anyway <laughs> We talk about comics in this podcast And if you like talking about comics You should definitely discuss All the number ones That we talked about so far And maybe a bunch of other series That you started Or love or whatever Just anything to do with comics We have a little Facebook group uh, It's actually quite big mm. There's thousands of people in there um, Facebook.com Slash groups Slash Serious Issues Podcast Come and uh, join the Serious Issues group And talk about comics 24 SEVs Yeah Um. So we now need to embark on uh, I guess the bulk of this episode We've already clocked an hour oh. <laughs> Uh, and we have to review all of the books that came out through DC, Marvel, Image, and other over the last two weeks. Uh, in, in order to help us, we need to ask the sage advice of a green die. Mm. Uh, if I'm going to roll this die, the die rolls one to two, we review Image first. Three to four, we review Marvel. Five to six, DC. And the first number off the gate is six, so DC comes first. Then we have a five, four. All right, so DC, Marvel, Image. Great, Damn classic. It. I want to talk about Killer Be Killed. Right. We get there eventually. That's the best. Um, so, so about DC. I want to kick things off with a review of issue number thirty-seven of Justice League, and Great. I bring this up because it's quite topical at the moment. They just announced over at DC that uh, this current arc, um, this little run that Christopher Priest is the writer of, mm-hmm. it's only going to last like five or six issues oh. because Scott Snyder is going to take over as the writer of Justice League, mm. which means that artist Brian Hitch. Wrote 30-something issues of Justice League and Christopher Priest will get to write six. (laughs) That sucks.
3: (laughs) I find this very disappointing.
1: (laughs) No good at all. Um, Let's talk about this issue, written by Christopher Priest uh, with um, art by uh, someone that we'll talk about at some point. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's uh, art by Philippe Briones, colours by Gabe Eltaib. Mm -hmm. Did you read this?
3: Yes. Yes, I did. Cool, sweet.
1: Um, And uh, basically... um, all of the troubles that uh, have uh, besieged is mm-hmm. the word Bes- befallen Befallen, the justice League like just making up words and asking you if they're real. You could just be like yeah, idiot, they are <laughs> um, all of all of their recent troubles uh, that are that are threatening to split up the league are all the actions of uh, of a, of, a, of a diehard uh, justice, justice League, league fan, mega fan mega
3: fan I love it It's like a commentary on it's like a meta commentary about fandom in superhero comics yeah great super (laughs) Um, into it
1: yeah and i like that he's like he's a fan to the point where he knows how to take down all of the members Mm. of the league Mm -hmm. which is cool
3: yeah absolutely i Um, really like this arc it's a really really christopher priest does such an excellent job of like balancing all these characters and doing stuff that's fun with them and he's made me like those uh green lanterns for the first time ever yeah totally yeah. Disappointed to hear that he's not getting a longer run. Just, I'm Disappointed to hear that Scott Snyder is going to be on it. I don't
1: I, look. Do I, I it think. It anymore. I think Scott Snyder should have a DC book at all times. Yeah. I think he should just have his own book that's only his. Yeah. And he can just do whatever the fuck he wants in it. I don't. I don't think the DC universe does well when it has to tie into his stuff. I agree. Because I think he's like he. You know, he tries to channel Grant Morrison. So he basically tries to go, to go epic all the time. Yeah. And um, I think when he's allowed to do it on his own, it's it's fine. But when, but when other people have to tie into it and it has to be like a line one, Like, you know, I didn't like any yeah. of the zero-year tie-ins. Even the Court of Hours tie-ins that all the Bat books had to do weren't very good.
3: I don't think I've really liked a Scott Snyder book since uh, the Black Mirror. Is that what it's called?
1: I loved AD After Death, which came yeah. out last year. Um, Batman the Black Mirror was like, well, his third book or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, American Vampire is good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I liked the f- most of that first arc that he did on Batman. Yeah, but yeah, metal's completely lost me, mm. and I hope that when he does take over on Justice League, um, it, it, it's it's lighter than metal. I yeah. So DC so. DC Knights Feather, coming soon. <laughs> um, um, so um, yeah. What about Christopher Priest? What are we what are we going to do with him after he finishes this little bit on, on uh, Justice League? I, I hope
3: mean, whatever he wants. Yeah, he is nailing like all of the books that he does at the moment. Yeah, we give him whatever he wants to do.
1: We didn't love that in a humans book he did.
3: Oh yeah, don't give him inhumans.
1: Or if, like, allow him like space when, he, when he's given room to breathe and allowed to, allowed to explore a story at his own pace. A la Deathstroke, yeah, um, it's way more, more rewarding than he crams into mini series with too many characters.
3: Yeah, you know you know what I want. This is just totally random, but I've been thinking about it a lot. I think White Tiger is such an underused character at Marvel. I would love to see a White Tiger series.
1: You, you tweeted about White Tiger. Your first tweet. In, I know. I've
3: ages. <laughs> That's all I've been thinking about lately. Why doesn't White Tiger have a solo book? What's a good? She's great.
1: What's a good t- book with White Tiger in it?
3: Uh, Avengers Arena? Was she in that? Was she in was Avengers she, Academy?
1: I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe she was in Academy. Anyway, she's up in Academy. Yeah. She's great. She, showed she should up in something more. recently. She is good. Um, do it, Priest. Go on and do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just like. Priest, you know, who, who's always been kind of like, Oh, you can write the black characters. Mm. Him being allowed to write sorry, him 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 writing Deathstroke and now the entire league. I think he, he did a really good job of it and I hope I he agree. gets given something that allows him to write as many characters, big name characters.
3: Give him teen Titans. Give him Batman.
1: Give him Batman. <laughs> Um, so, uh, another book that came out last week, uh, two weeks ago, sorry, was the finale of the Super Sons of Tomorrow arc, um, that crossed over, Superman, Super Sons and Teen Titans. Uh, this is Super Sons issue number 12. Written,
3: Broken Future.
1: Written by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, um, with art by Tyler Kirkham, um, and Tomo Moray on colors. Um, and this basically kind of sees the time displaced Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of be like, oh, well, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And, and then uh, we get like a kind of cute, what this series is all about. Um, friendship moment between Damien and John mm-hmm. um, and, and a great interaction between them and the Teen Titans in which all the Teen Titans are like, hell no, Superboy can't join the Teen Titans. He's um, a loose cannon. But Damien fully wants his friend, you know, he's, 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 he's willing to admit that John's a friend now. Cute. Yeah. Um, I like that this book ends the way I like this book to be like this in interactions between Damien Wayne and John Kent and then their fathers. Mm. Um, but, uh, as a whole, this event, like actually was, was kind of the most I've enjoyed the super books in a while.
3: Yeah. But it was also pretty boring and nothing really happened.
1: Yeah. I don't, I think it was just the dynamics of all the characters interacting. I was, I thought was pretty good. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I don't really understand why they, anyway, I
1: why they brought back the, 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 the characters from another time.
3: Yeah. And then just like, Shafted him Sent them along Back you go Bye Back into the time stream Farewell um, How long Don't dangle Bart Allen In front of my face And then take him away It's very rude
1: like a Bart Allen shaped carrot
3: hmm.
1: oh, Another name for an episode <laughs> <laughs> Um, My my money's still on Shabong at the moment <laughs> <laughs> Um, What do you think How long do you reckon Until we see the um Time displaced future Batman Tim Drake Now known as the saviour again
3: uh, Like two weeks Probably <laughs>
1: He's going to be the leader of uh, Scott Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I like his character. His, his his costume.
3: Really, I think it's like the most dull. generic. Okay, okay. I
1: like the top half of his costume. I like his helmet, basically, because it's kind of. No, you're right. It's dumb. It's silly. I don't know what I'm talking about. It looks like Count it's Dracula. The most,
3: it's like the most generic. He, you know, you know what he looks like. Costume. He looks like Spawn. He looks like Midnighter.
1: <laughs> yeah, Midnighter Spawn. Spawn Nighter. Beautiful. Um. So. After Super Sons, I read Super Wentman, Man issue thirty nine. Mm. So you didn't, you couldn't get past the cover.
3: I, I looked at the cover and I was like, oh, "That's not what it looks like, is it?" And then I opened the front page and I was like, "Yep, it is cool. I just can't, I can't bring myself to do it. Well, but the, I just can't. The, the cover is by Chris Burnham. The cover is horrible. <laughs> I love Chris Burnham, and this is like the most. Distressing cover I've seen in a long time Well
1: Chris Burnham Is just one of A long line of cartoonists Who don't know How to draw children Yeah
3: It's like (laughs) he just feels like A tiny person Like a small person With enormous eyes Yeah Horrifying And just like Superman's creepy smile Right at the top of the page Horrible 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 (laughs) No thank you I just don't need this No one needs this Written by
1: Peter Tomasi And Patrick Gleason. Gleason, What are you doing Why aren't you doing art anymore I don't know I want to know what's going on um, Have your hands fallen off? Art on this one by um, the uh, great Barry Kitson. <clears throat> However, I think Barry Kitson also doesn't know what a child looks like. Um, and uh, this is a... Um, uh, this book definitely has fans. Like, like Superman has gone to some dark places um, since the Rebirth run. It's gotten, like, you know, there was that arc where all the, everyone in, in Hamilton County is, like, taken over by... That super yeah. villain and it's all dark and 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 not not you know it's it's a bit 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 darker than Superman normally is and so I I this extremely light issue was uh was 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 very welcomed.
3: Yeah, but I, it's not that I don't think that you I don't think you could do this comic. You could do this exact concept. People have this done this exact just comic concept. Icky and weird and like it feels vaguely exploitative <laughs> and not knowing how like all these like cancer children yeah, so just look like small men
1: after taking out the de- 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 whoever the demolition team are um superman uh flies past a children's hospital where he meets uh a bunch of kids including one wheelchair bound kid who is the biggest fan of superman ever and then he he goes inside the hospital and um invites everyone to hop on board Hal Jordan's um, ring projected green lantern plane Um, And then they fly up to the Justice League watchtower um, after enjoying floating around in zero gravity. And then they meet the Justice League and um, they do like a scavenger hunt with all the different superheroes and each of them have to like find certain things. And one of them is like a picture of Batman smiling and, you know, because that's the the hardest thing to find in the universe. And uh, they like, yeah, it's just a very, very like on the nose schmaltzy yeah. saccharine kind of issue that I swear, like honestly, if, if, if this was like the sea story in mm-hmm. a justice league book, it wouldn't be fine. Absolutely. But dedicating an entire issue to like the adventures of a bunch of dying children in space with Superman, like it, it ends with them <clears throat> writing their name on rocks, which will then be forever on the moon. If that was oh. the, if that was in a regular issue, you would be like, Oh, that's a nice little part of this issue, but that, yeah. that it's the culmination of this book. And, and it's I not think...
3: even like like this reads like it's a charity book. Yes, well, but it's are, not like the proceeds are going to like a children's charity or something. Like this is there's no <laughs> there is no reason for this book to be as poorly written and poorly illustrated as it is. Like you can do schmaltzy Superman stories. Like All Star Superman is full of stories about like. Superman saving as someone who wants to kill themselves and totally. stuff like that. Yeah. You can do it and do it well. This is and just a bad example. Every
1: second issue of Astro City by Kurt Busiek does deals with things like this of, of, superheroes doing something good in everyday life. And it's not as on the nose as this is like, yeah, like, like I said, it's felt like an infomercial with me. I felt like Superman was going to like, look at me at on the final page, like direct at the camera and say, Hey kids, don't smoke. Yeah. Or Hey kids buy a, you know, Harry's, Can't Harry's don't. razors.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I think in, 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 in more gifted writer's hands, like Wade, I feel like Mark Wade, this is a hundred percent in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, doing like, you know, the, the perfect Superman story. Yeah. He'd be able to incorporate elements of this and do it good. But the fact that they got like, you know, the very, very classic, um, cartoonist Barry Kitson on board makes it feel like even more of a golden age kind of issue. Mm-hmm. This just feels like a fragment of the past that I don't think. Can be revisited as in in the, in the in this kind of form. It needs to transcend those old Smalti comics in way in a, in a way that this one doesn't at all. It's just bad. It's
3: just a bad issue. Bad issue, guys.
1: Um, but uh, you know, if, if just if, a but, I mean, cover. Uh, yeah, if if you were someone that 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 looks to Superman as a you know a glimmer of hope in the otherwise dark landscape of comics, I can see why this would appeal to you. But I, I think we deserve more nuance in our saccharine uh, feel good comics. Yeah. Um, Made me mad. <laughs> now, she's already, read it. she's already mad, listeners. Woo! Let's talk about issue 39 of Batman, written by Tom King, um, who is now Siobhan's most hated person in the universe.
3: I'll kill him.
1: <laughs> um, with interiors by um, Joelle Jones.
3: My favorite person in the universe. And colors by Jordi Valera. so conflicted.
1: Where's Jordi Valera fit? Uh, like in the middle?
3: Right smack in the middle. <laughs> Top 10 all-time favorite people. Yeah, I know.
1: Um, so uh, in this book, um, we are introduced to a new concept that um, apparently Wonder Woman and Batman do do together. Every, is it once a year or once every few years? Once every
2: few years or something. But
1: in their, in their travels as superheroes, they um, came upon a man in, called the Gentleman mm. who uh, fights et- eternally the hordes of Gehenna. Um, from breaking into our realm mm-hmm. and its it falls on this one man to to battle them and after they meet him, they agree that one day, every year or every couple of years, they relieve him of his duties and fight for him mm-hmm. um, and so this is something that like only Batman and Wonder Woman can do together mm-hmm. Superman wouldn 't understand mm-hmm. um, and so this is like this is their thing, and they wear ridiculous armor. Um, and mm-hmm. and and go and fight all these monsters from entering our world, so that this one guy who does it for eternity can have mm-hmm. a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Catwoman's like, okay, that's fine. You know, go and do that. That's fine. You know, it's one day. Who gives a shit?
3: Yeah, I'm going to take this guy out for burgers.
1: Um, and uh, then uh, we learn that time passes differently in mm-hmm. this dimension in which he fights. And so what feels like one day to us on our world turns out to be span years. Um, in the realm in which they fight. And so Catwoman realises that she has sent Batman and Wonder Woman, like, alone together into this dimension as a couple. Yeah. Yes. And the issue ends with um, them moving towards each other in a way that suggests they're going to start making out. Cool. And Siobhan, go.
3: Um. (laughs) Look, the key thing that I got from this issue is Joelle Jones should draw a Wonder Woman book. Yes, yes definitely. Please. How have draws, you not even gotten it before? Like, gorgeous and, like, strong and sexy Wonder Woman and I am on board with that. I'm on board with Batman shaving with a axe. <laughs> That's good as well. Um, Joel jo- Jones draws, like, the most gorgeous Catwoman of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her plainclothes Catwoman. A lot of people were really mad about this issue... Because, like, Wonder Woman's betraying the sisterhood or something. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> By like, wanting to make out with Batman. I, I just don't... Like, this was a dumb issue and you could see where it was going. I felt as soon as... I'm like... I,
1: just, I, I feel I, like he's going to pull the rug out and they're not going to make out. Right? I don't know. Like, like maybe he's just going to brush her teeth with his tongue. <laughs> 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 he's got, mm, that's disgusting. a shave with an axe. It's disgusting. Um... <laughs>
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like I thought it was fine. I thought this was. Ugh, I I struggled to have any feelings about this other than Child Jones is great. Pretty, 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 pretty. Um... It's a
1: cool concept though. Them relieving this guy of his duties yeah. to to fight. Um, but I I found his portrayal of Wonder Woman like I, like whether or not they actually do make out. I don't think that portrays her as a bad character. Like they've been on way for years. Like it's been ten years. Yeah, everybody wants a little bit of Sun Sun. What exactly. Like-
3: They've held out for ten years. Ten years, guys. That's a long time.
1: <laughs> um and
3: uh I hope they come back with like six babies and they're like, Sorry <laughs> Sorry, catwoman.
1: Um But I I, I didn't think that her Like, she spoke, like, Tarzan speaks in movies, like, in these very disjointed sentences. Yeah, totally. I I thought that was not a very good portrayal of just, like, you know, what Wonder Woman is like to read normally.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I will pull. You will stab. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not...
1: Or, like, bad, like, you know, when someone from another part of the world is in a shitty comedy. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah.
3: It's very, um... What was that movie...
1: Spanglish.
3: <laughs> I was actually thinking of a different Adam Sandler movie. Oh, that's so funny. I am uh, hairdresser. Oh, Zoran. Don't mess with the Zoran. Yeah, Nobody messes with the Zoran. Whatever it's whatever. called, don't mess with the Zoran. That one. That's no. how Wonder Woman speaks in this. Um, <laughs> I, <but> I, think- <laughs> I
1: got my first ever look of absolute disapproval from the owner of King's Comics himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think- Zohan. Don't mess with the yeah, Zohan. Yeah,
3: there we go. I think that the worst part of this. No? Have I
1: still not got it right? What is it, George? It's oh just right! A crappy movie, yeah. Oh it's, I, I thought I, I you thought you right. I thought you were shaking your head at me because you I was pronouncing it wrong. Did just hates that movie. Yeah right. <laughs> is he? Is he? He's not meant to be Greek in that movie, is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry.
3: <laughs> um, I think the key thing about this issue is that I don't think Tom King is very good at writing women.
1: Right. This is. I my- don't
3: think he nails writing female characters. They're always like. He loves setting women in romantic competition with each other. And I just don't think, I think that Catwoman is like a big enough girl to be like, you guys were stuck on a planet for 10 years together. Yeah. I'm all right with whatever happens. What stays <laughs> in the monster realm. Yeah,
1: what, what happens in the monster realm stays in the monster realm. Exactly. <laughs> but he just loves- So put your six kids back in the monster <laughs> realm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he just he loves setting up women to be in um like weird competitive romantic competition with each other, which I think is boring and dumb and old and we don't need that anymore. Yeah. You're betraying the sisterhood when else, not Wonder Woman.
1: When else has he done that though?
3: I don't know. <laughs> Whenever I feel like he did it. Okay, sure, that's fine.
1: <laughs> um yeah, look, I I I, uh, I reckon he's gonna pull the rug out and it won't be what we think it's gonna be. But if it is, it's been ten years. It's
3: been ten years, guys. Let him
1: live. Um Aquaman, issue number thirty two. Oh, no! Well, you've dropped this since the art changed, and I don't know, I think... Oh, cool. Well, uh, more yeah, so you, this, um, still written by Dan Abnett, um, and uh, instead of getting Stepan Sejic... Nailed it. We now get Ricardo Feder- Federici on art, which is decidedly different from Stepan's art, which we loved and what drew us to the book in the first place. But after the, you know, after this is the, the second or third issue is done, I'm used to his style now. I think it suits very well. It's very, it's, you know, very, very... Um,
3: it's similar, uh, epic and, and
1: penciled, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's very very good. It, it still
3: looks like a fantasy book.
1: Absolutely, um, and uh, this is building up Mera um, as a ma- as a as a main player in this character in, in this mm-hmm. story again, um, and uh, Mera, bring-
3: whose whole personality is "I'm Aquaman's wife,"
1: <laughs> um, she has more in this one. In this one, her personality is "I'm Aquaman's wife, and I can't breathe." <laughs> She's getting her own book soon. I know. So I think got
3: Nicola Scott covers. That's the only thing that makes it interesting to me. I don't. I don't understand why people like her. If people could explain that to me. Go for it's it. It's the
1: red hair and green costume. Mm. It's a Maybe good. It's good. a good costume. It's a good combo. Um, and there's that great Darwin Cook Aquaman variant where they're together. <laughs> that and is good. I just want a comic made out of that. Yeah. Their romantic adventures. Um, it's called Aquaman and Wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I'm still really enjoying this book uh, from a story point of view. Um, and this is kind of, you know, we, we've seen Aquaman falling for this uh, girl. Dolphin. dolphin and, um, And when, when as, as soon as he sees Mera again, he's like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> good, I'm glad. Yeah, and it's, um, it's
3: Is, is, is Stepjan coming back?
1: I don't know. Let I us know, so. Stepan. I know you're a listener. <laughs> and you, I, I know you love the way I pronounce your name. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I read more DC books than Marvel books in over this last fortnight. That's, that's crazy. It's easy um, I, I checked back in on Nightwing. What'd you think? Number 37, because Sam Humphreys is the writer of this now. Um, and it was an okay issue. Um, it was, uh, Sam Humphreys, um, telling a story of, uh, like basically we go back into like the early days of Batman and Robin and, um, this other superhero who is now a casino owner in, in Bloodhaven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, um, the art was by, I think it was by Klaus Jansen Yeah, it was, um. The art wasn't to my tastes, um, mm. and uh, yeah, I
3: picked this up because I really liked the cover, and then I looked at the interiors and I went, ah, I can't be bothered. Too many other things to read. Also,
1: there's a character in here who is a big shark in a suit whose name is not King Shark; it's King Sturgeon. Mm. So there's two kings who are sharks with, in, in clothes in That's the good. DCU. It's like the monkeys. I so shall have a shark book during yes. Shark Week.
3: Yes, please.
1: Um, so now we're going to move to the second week of DC books. This is going to be a long, long episode. Oh my God, I know. Uh, Doomsday Clock, number three of 12 came out, um, written by Jeff Johns with art by Frank um, Thierry. What? No. What's his name? Frank? No. Gary Frank. Frank? Frank. Fuck, I got the Frank part right. Who's Frank Thierry? I don't know. I'm sure he's an artist too. Uh, Colours by Brad Anderson. Um, And uh, I thought this was by far the best book of this series so far, the best issue of this series so far. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You don't have to love it, I'm just saying. No. Um, Stuart Lee's in it. I think what what's good about it is that it was less. I, I think I don't understand why this isn't the story to tell alongside. Them. Like this is not the Watchmen story to tell. Like it's it's like a direct sequel to, to the Watchmen. I don't understand why you also have to cross over with the DC universe in it. They're yeah. trying to do too much. Yeah. And the fact that this fo- focused on mostly the old Watchmen characters and then the new two characters that we've met the um the Punch and Judy um, what are they called Mime and Whatever. Mask, mask, my mask. I don't know. Well, but, but like the the fact that we've um, that, we, that we spend more time with them in this was was made this a much better issue for me than the last two. Um, the the DC stuff still doesn't seem right. I liked that Batman um, misleads Rorschach or the the new Rorschach. Mm. Um, I thought that was like a, a good use of 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 Batman in the first like kind of. First thing that any of the DC characters in this book have done that felt like what they, their characters would do normally. I don't know when this is meant to be set no. and what universe is meant to be set in because they're talking about Nixon on the radio in in, uh, in Gotham. Yeah,
3: this is the thing. I don't... Uh, yeah, there's a lot about this that I don't understand. I like, like, they have um, brought... Uh, is it Johnny Thunder? Johnny Thunder appears to be in it. Good. Okay. I am into that. Sure. Bringing in some old school JSA characters, but yeah, I don't oh, I just don't care about this. I love Gary Frank. I love Gary Frank so much.
1: And Batman's involved in a controversy in which he's, like, being held accountable for the actions of, like, um, of uh, metamorpho man-bat and lady Clayface. Yeah. What the fuck? What's what's the point of having that shit in there? (laughs) It's real weird. Um, I I, don't know. Yeah. I I think the, the Watchmen stuff, which is what everyone was worried about, is, like, actually quite strong and the reveal of who this Rorschach is, like... Um, I we'll uh, I He's guess.
3: just a guy, right?
1: Sure, maybe. I don't. I, I, yeah, he's not yeah. connected to anyone. No, right? I think he. he was in the who original. Who do you think th- he is? Jim. Who is he? You want my mic. You got my mic. My mic for Jim. Who is he? No, Jim's. He's shaking his head. I don't know, he, in, new guy, but he, he decided not to take my mic. You think
3: he's death blow?
1: You think he's death blow? Why the fuck do you think he's death blood? I'm, I'm glad I...
4: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Didn't give you my mic now. <laughs> if, you win, if, if it is death blow, I'll give you $52. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah look Doomsday Clock uh, in spite of all of the uh, news recently that, that it now is going to go to uh, every second month yeah. publishing which means this book isn't going to finish for another three years or something um, um, and how does that tie in with all the things that are meant to be tying into it maybe it just if they just decided actually it is standalone and then they just do something else with Manhattan in the regular DC books but that's so crazy to, th- yeah It's going to push it out. It's it's weird. Anyway, uh, an event of of sorts that was not pushed back at all, Um, stuck to schedule, was Nightwing The New Order, um, a kind of uh, mini-series, Elseworlds tale, in -hmm. which uh, Nightwing is responsible for uh, getting rid of all the superpowers in the world. It was written by Kyle Higgins, (coughs) um, with art by Trevor McCarthy, and colors by Dean White. (coughs) And... um, it started really strongly. I thought this petered out towards the end. Yeah, um, absolutely. And beyond the portrayal of this, like, older, trying to do good but still evil at heart Lex Luthor that we saw in these last mm-hmm. two issues, mm-hmm. I don't think this ended very strongly at all.
3: No, I agree. And I also, I I think that they didn't, like, there were so many good ideas here that they never explored. Like, we don't even really understand why the like big cull of superheroes happened like they sort of vaguely allude to it but you never get like a full yeah, history yeah it's like
1: batman died so nightwing decided to destroy all superpowers yeah like just yeah. Uh, and like that's... there are things, i want i want to see more stories of like why Lois lane is a is a blue lantern now and like yeah absolutely uh all these potential ideas for great stories and the main thing wasn't really a good story at all yeah um the dick grayson flitting between the sides i found mm-hmm. really tedious yeah, absolutely, and to the point where, it, and like I, out of character, and I don't really understand why he has motivations for anything he did in this series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, like, like right from the from the from when he from reading the like, like from the from the event that we see in the first issue through to all of his decisions that he makes in this final issue, I just like, I'm like what character is this? This is not Nightwing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Just
1: like, like you know, not making decisions isn't really like his superpower or anything like that. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could recommend this. Yeah.
3: I, I, there's, other, there's other better Kyle Higgins books. On like If
1: you find it on sale and you like reading Elsewell's tales, then uh, there's some fun ideas. This is to technically be, one of them. Yes, yeah, and there's fun ideas within it. I just yeah. think as a story, it, wasn't, it was definitely one of Kyle Higgins' weaker um, outputs. Agreed. We got a third issue of The Demon Hell is Earth this week, uh, written by Andrew Constant, with art uh, by Brad Walker. I love this book. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think this one suffered from way too many characters syndrome. Um, because we have uh the demon Etrigan and Jason blood um separated, so they 're two characters, and then you have this woman and then you have madame An then Ma- you have Merlin, and you have a lot of backstory explaining why they 're in the situation they 're in and what 's to come as well, and then you have uh, different other demons and I think it was just it was, it was just a lot of very very high talking. Demo- basically yeah this is too much like a fantasy comic for me <laughs> and uh, i i i my, my I, I call curl into a ball when i start reading fantasy
3: i love fantasy <laughs> so this is um very very much appeal to me i really enjoyed etrigan's big moment of like you sort of underestimate him he's being underestimated by everyone he's like you you think you can spare me how dare you i spare no one and then fucks everyone up yeah that
1: was the, the that, that i was like oh maybe this book isn't for me and then that happened i was like oh no this book is totally for me I just I, I just you know i should have skim read a few of the the backstory things because at, at the end of the day like that kind of stuff doesn't matter to me i just want to see etrigan kick some kick some buttons set fire to things with his mouth
3: and he, he sure did that i like this i'm i really am on board with this it, it hits a lot of buttons that i have what mm. um yeah good
1: it's a good book for sure Shorts. Great art. Brother Walker doing great stuff. Absolutely. He draws great fire and great beards. Great And great big, bald shiny heads. Love it. Um, so uh, have you given up on Action Comics? I sure have. Um, so they are, uh, you know, we, we were talking about how much Zod there is at the moment in DC Too books. Much. Well, guess what? Now there's a son of Zod. Oh, good.
3: <laughs> Wait, is it Chris? Who, Chris who? Don't you remember how pre-52... Lois and Superman were stuck I'll stop in the you there. Phantom no. Zone, <laughs> <laughs> and they like adopted Zod's son called, and they called. him Oh right, Chris.
1: no. Oh, oh wait, no, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah shit. This uh, has no. been like retconned out. No, this is Law Zod is what his name, and right, he okay. he exists in this weird universe that the, that he and that Superman and Booster Gold have ported to. Um, th- this is my crap explanation of a pretty okay issue. Um, on my lead, like this very very long road. Did you say it was to fine? issue one thousand? Yeah, the. The the Superman parts were less than fine. Then you have Lois trying to rescue her dad, Ugh. um, and super because he, he's going to he's set to be executed in like Africa, um. But it's kind of cool seeing Lois get her own adventure.
3: Yeah, give Lois her own. Book. And
1: uh, and Superboy is kind of like fo- like secretly following her. She doesn't know, um, in case he needs to like rescue his mum. But it's she can hold her own. It's pretty good. Cute. Yeah. I have to comment this week there were in both Marvel and DC books way too many double page ads. Yeah, DC especially. They are
3: very, very invasive. Yes. Agreed. I hate it. Um, just while we're talking about things that the other person didn't read, I also read issue thirty nine of Wonder Woman, which is the second part of the Swan song. Story arc, which is bringing silver what's her name? Silver Swan. Ah, oh, I just don't think James Robinson is very good at writing Wonder Woman. And the story the ongoing story arc, there's like Three story arcs at the moment. There's, uh, Wonder Woman's brother Jason being like, I'm gonna be a real hero, but like being bad at it. And then there's the Dark Side stuff, which is just dull. And then there's the like, uh, Silver Swan stuff, which is also dull. Right. What age dull, is dull, Dark Side dull. now? He is a full-grown man. Oh man, that's man's Dark Side. He's a manly man. But
1: is he a big giant boy, or what's going on? He's a. He just looks, he looks like kind of average height. Yeah, he's
3: just a normal-sized boy, like big for a boy. Right. But not like.
1: Oh, you know he's pretty no, big. And like giant size. Yeah, right, sure, cool.
3: Um, anyway, boring, 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 boring. They should have
1: kept, kept Teen Darkseid around for a while. I know. And released a book called Teen Darkseid. Teen
3: Darkseid, and he's just going through puberty and meeting girls. I'm trying and to get to a, a fake ID. <laughs> I would read that.
1: Um, what about Suicide Squad this week? Written by uh, Simon Spurrier. Um, the second part of this um, book in which a, uh, a, a kind of very, very Z-grade uh, crime... Like a villain kind of gets incarcerated in Belrive and realizes that he's just cannon fodder. One, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, ri- um, written by Sy Spurrier with art by Fernando Pazarin. inks by Sean Parsons, blonde did the colors. Um, uh, I thought this was a really, really satisfying ending to this Absolutely. very fun two parter about um, basically like you know a, a villain who loses all help as all hope, sorry, as he just sees he and all these other kind of like random. Uh, prisoners get destroyed by mm. um, by by aliens and and monsters, while the regular um, you know main, the main people in Suicide Squad survive and laugh at the cannon fodder. Essentially,
3: mm-hmm. and he loses both his hands.
1: Yeah, and the payoff was brilliant. Yeah, um, it was really really dark and funny, and kind of shows that you know yeah you know Harley Quinn and Killer Croc and Deadshot they're pretty bad, but you know who the baddest person that's in Suicide Squad is. Amanda Waller. Always, she's bad. always
3: the wall. I love her. Yeah, she's. Um, great. I hope is Sysberry continuing to write Suicide Squad.
1: That would be great, but I think this has the this this smells like it's definitely just going to be a uh, a uh like a two shot. Yeah,
3: disappointing. But
1: I find little two shot not the same. I, I'll, I'll look into it. I liked it. Um, so uh, she's talking about Detective Comics issue number yes. nine hundred and seventy three, in which we see Clayface uh, go up against Batman because he's been driven back to the evil evil guy he once was. And uh, it's up to Batman to kind of uh, decide, you know, what action to take to try and take down Clayface. Um, of course, he's going to tr- try and take a non-lethal route, but it looks like Batwoman has been given one that is very lethal. They
3: just want to make Batwoman a bad guy.
1: Why? The They're Carol Danversing her. Yeah, they really are. Yeah.
3: Um, she makes the hard decisions that no one else can make. And she makes very bad, hard decision in this issue, which is going to make everyone sad.
1: Yeah. Um... I did like the semi-redemption of Anarchy in this. Yeah, I um, thought that was good. That was good because I, I I found him kind of like like just a dull villain. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. making him like a kind of a bit more ambiguous. Um, Relatable and interesting. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think um, I don't know. I I think yeah, this arc did become quite exciting.
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: I don't agree with making Batwoman a bad guy though, or like a you know, as. I feel like she, I I know they're like, oh, she has Marine training, so she's she's more prone. But it's like, surely she like, she rejects that part of herself. That would make her less prone to killing somebody, right?
3: Yeah. You'd think so. I don't know. Anyway, it's a pretty good issue.
1: Pretty good issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in in one, two weeks' time, we'll 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 know what happened to Clayface. Oh my God! Did
3: you read Batgirl. Um, so I
1: thought I would read Black Batgirl because th- the cover is uh, Penguin and Batgirl together, and it says "Meet Burnside's newest crime-fighting duo." And I was like, "Hell yeah, that sounds great!" And then we get one page of ba- of Penguin on this, and he's on a sled <laughs> at like a charity event, and yeah. then the rest is like cowboys.
3: Yeah, the rest is mostly cowboys. I
1: want. I, I feel bad that I don't love this book because I, I like hope larson as a writer and i love chris wild goose's yeah. art
3: i think the key thing about this book is that I, I do think it is good i think it is quite good technically um i think that it appeals to a fairly specific audience that maybe isn't you you know what i mean yeah like it's sure for sort of no oh, i'm
1: willing to teen girls. Yeah, that's fine but i think the, this is
3: great for teen girls Do teen
1: girls like cowboys
3: i loved cowboys as a teen girl uh-huh, being really? backed up by sam Cowboys, <laughs> it's all Teen Girls talk about. Alright. Cool. All we think about. I stand all corrected teen about. girls. <laughs> um I think just speaking of like the double page spreads, that it is a bad idea to put a double page ad of with Frank Quietly art in between a comic that is not by Frank Quietly because everything else looks terrible in comparison.
1: No, Wild Goose looks he, he he's good,
3: out. but he's no Frank Quietly.
1: Wild Goose is really good actually. He's
3: very good, but he's no Frank
1: Quietly. Yeah. I got Darwin cook vibes from him, which is the height of compliment That's an from incredible me. Incredible compliment. Yeah. Um
3: it's fun. It's silly. It's fun. It's a lot about techie stuff and like young women's issues. It's good.
1: Real good. Hmm. Um, so now we go uh, slightly outside of the regular DC comics to give you a review of issue 10 of Doom Patrol written by Gerard Way with art by Nick Darrington.
3: <laughs> I just realized that I read the first two pages of this and then gave up. <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> Oops. Why? Just because you weren't enjoying it or you forgot um, what happened?
3: It just was a bit like, I don't know. A little, I don't know. <laughs> lot going on felt impenetrable, I stopped.
1: Right. Yeah, it's definitely one that like uh, suffers because of the big delays and trying to remember what happened in the previous issues and who all the characters are is quite difficult. It Mm -hmm. looks spectacular. Nick Darrington's art and um, Tamara Bond villain's colours are so good.
3: Yeah, the colours are gorgeous. It looks like, this is a beautiful looking book. I really like. What's his face? Who? You know. What's his face? Nick Darrington.
1: Darrington. But I, I actually, I'm, 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 I'm quite captivated by the story, even yeah. though it's so crazy and all over the place. And, and it, it's, you know, I think part of the turnoff is that it knows it's so crazy and all over yeah. the place. Um, but, uh, there's <laughs> there is, th- there is a
3: panel that I've just noticed that I'm pretty sure like they saw my labor <laughs> 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 where this lady goes, I don't want to do this anymore. That is a thing I said.
1: Oh wow, well, great! So, <laughs> I think I'm you, sure you're job. not the only woman who said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's been a great. Uh, the guy who drives the ambulance, his son like ran away from home to become uh-huh. like a bad, evil magician, uh-huh. um, and 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 like he's like he's, like he has like this you know like deep plot in this in this issue because there's a lot going on. There's so many different plot threads throughout it, but. Um, uh, he's been like falling around with like weird magic and then his family finds him and they're like, come back, you know, we don't want to lose you. And then he's like, okay, like, you know, we'll, we'll we'll stick together. And then suddenly, um, a demon just like warps into, into the frame and is like, Lucius, we must hurry. The kingdom is in danger. And he's like, go away. I don't want to use these silly powers anymore. He's like, no, Lucius, I'm not part of that. You have real magic inside of you. Not that goofy junk sorcery. And then like, it just says, you must follow me into the demonscape and reclaim your throne. And then they just, and then he goes, "I'm not going anywhere without my family." And he says, "So be it." And so all, all four <laughs> of them just warp out of there. So I guess we're gonna, they're going to be in hell or something now.
3: They'll probably just never be seen again.
1: So this, this book is there's there's massive delays on this. I don't know if it's because of Gerard Way's writing schedule with um, turning the Umbrella Academy into a TV show now, mm-hmm. or Nick Darrington's art, um, you know, taking taking longer than most artists. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, I do think that this will read great in trade yeah. when it is finally all out. Um, and there's just enough threads for me to kind of remember what each of these characters is doing and what they're doing. But at the very least, it always looks fantastic.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I think
1: it would be a shame if you completely gave up on this book.
3: Yeah, I didn't I didn't do it intentionally. I thought I'd read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: finally from DC, The Wild Storm, issue number 11, uh, written by Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt and Steve Bucciolato. Um, this is definitely like the, these last few issues of that they're, they're really playing the long game here, just mm-hmm. setting up lots of different, uh, plots in motion and the two kind of two sides. And, and I guess like the, um, our heroes are in the middle of these two sides, one in space, one on earth. Um, and, uh, where it's it's very much kind of exploring the, the the politics in in this in in the universe this is set in and and the people within it and the mm-hmm. you know what makes the heroes what makes the villains what their motivations are and we we see some stuff from the past
3: and it's just kind of like it's just a bunch of bad guys <laughs> pretty much i don't think like anyone's really on the side of the angels there's also an ambush bug reference yeah cool yeah but, like, but like i'm i'm still lot.
1: really really enjoying the series yeah. and um i um i think that um, when this is done and dusted, and we look back at this era, mm-hmm. I think this um, Wildstorm series will be looked on in a much more favorable light than um, Doomsday Clock is. Agreed. Agreed. It's my hot I hope my, my, so. my hot prediction for ten years from now. Nice. <laughs> um, so that is all the reviews of DC from the last two weeks. We're getting through it, mm-hmm. Uh at an hour forty. <laughs> Nice. We've only got Marvel, Image, and other publishers left. So let's get straight into Marvel uh, with a review of issue 703 of The Mighty Thor, written by Jason Aaron and uh, Russell Dorderman, as we slowly tick towards the death of The Mighty Thor. Um, This is an excellent issue in which um, it takes um, the Odinson, um, Sam Wilson, and Doctor Strange to tell Jane Foster that she can no longer pick up that hammer because if she does so one more time, she'll die. Basically, mm. and
3: I, uh, we how much are we how much are we giving away here?
1: Um, I I mean like, what can you give away? What are you gonna give away?
3: Well, I just like her, give it
1: her away, decision, give it away, give it away. In the end. I mean, look, everyone listening right now is like, oh, she's gonna touch that hammer again. I bet she's gonna touch that hammer. Mm. We don't see her touch the hammer yet. We see the looks hammer. like
3: she's made the decision not to. That's right. And I was kind of disappointed in. <laughs> I know what it would have been like, but I just I feel like. The character would go out in a blaze of glory, you know, rather than being like, okay, I guess I'll get better. This but not, this that's fine. It's not the final issue yet. True. Anyway, um, I love Russell Dorderman an awful lot. He, like Mangog, is a genuinely terrifying villain. In his yeah, case. yeah, so good. Yeah, I love this. I
1: think this is yeah. It's it's I think the um, this is kind of like the most ham-fisted writing we've gotten from Jason Aaron in a long while. Mm-hmm. In terms of like you know. Jane Foster and her friends talking about the cancer and yeah. that she can't do it anymore. But I think it's it's important that we go down that route because she really needs everything spelt out to her as much as yeah. possible, like you know, as to why she can't touch that hammer and why why you can't why, why it's you know so selfish to go out in a blaze of glory. I still yeah. think she will. I, I I I can't see it ending any other way. Yeah, totally. Um, but um, yeah. I also I okay. my, I don't think she's going to die as well. Is my hot prediction. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be something else at play.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't know where this is going to go, but I think, I think he nails every issue. I sort of always feel like weirdly uncomfortable with the, like, (laughs) this is like, I hate the like narrative of like, oh, you have to fight cancer really hard because I don't think like, this is just a personal weird thing that like my dad has imprinted into my brain where it's like, it's unfair to put that much pressure on the like oh, yeah, emotional no, totally. state and willpower of cancer patients. So I always kind of hate that narrative.
1: But, um, but I mean, in, in this instance, every time she, cut, she touches yes. the hammer, it undoes all of the work the that the doctors are doing yeah. to, to help her get rid of the cancer. So it's not about her fighting cancer. Yeah. It's about her letting others fight her cancer.
3: Yeah, totally. It's about letting go of control, yes. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's such great. And this is like a gorgeous looking issue. Yeah, he does. I agree. He draws cancer patients really well.
1: Yeah, not like uh, Barry no. Kitson's cancer
3: kids in yes. the su- in Superman. <laughs> also, how weird is this cover? There's just something very like Mangog is such a like icky fleshy character. Yeah. that There's something very like icky about that cover.
1: Um, you know, what we haven't talked about on uh, on serious issues yet.
3: What have we not talked about? It
1: is the where is Wolverine? Oh, um, yeah. e- Post credit scenes. Um, that it appeared in the back of a Captain America issue recently, oh and God. we forgot to mention it. Um and this is the second issue that I uh, that I've read one in. I think I missed the Spider-Man one that he appeared up in. But uh we see Logan who is his, who is the, the original Wolverine is back mm-hmm. as of uh the Legion, not sorry, le- le- the Legacy uh one-shot that Jason mm-hmm. Aaron wrote. Um and uh we see him show up to give flowers to Jane Foster
3: and just leave without leaving a note. And I, th- I, I thought,
1: I was like, oh, if, this is, if this is all this is going to be, I'm fine with this being a thing.
3: I liked it better when he was just driving around in a massive truck that said beer yeah. on the side. That was the best bit. It's his, his favourite brand. It's his favourite brand of beer. Beer brand.
1: <laughs> so Jason Aaron, who writes Marty Thor, used to write Doctor Strange, but now it's written by Donny Cates and he Great wrote issue 384 uh, <laughs> with art by Gabrielle Walter and colours by Jordi Um And this is one of my favourite books at Marvel at the moment. It's so
3: good. It's um, so good. And it
1: and it really, really builds on everything that Jason Aaron um, mm-hmm. kind of introduced in his Doctor Strange run. Um,
3: While still feeling, like, distinct.
1: Yeah, and very new. And Like, you know, we have Doctor Strange isn't the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. We have Loki. And even though we as readers haven't seen Loki do anything wrong, mm. Doctor Strange is just convinced that he shouldn't be in the place mm-hmm. that he's in and, and that he's doing wrong by... Zelma, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's up to Strange to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I love is that he's basically, like, you know, he's got access to extremely strong um, uh, Asgardian magic, and in order to be able to, basically, like, you know, Jess and Aaron introduced the concept that to use magic, you have to pay the price. Yeah. And um, it was revealed that Wong had, like, a bunch of, you know, followers who essentially took on the burden of... Mm-hmm. Of Doctor Strange's magic use, and um, after he, and after Doctor Strange like angrily dismantled that, he's now got the Sentry. He's revived the Sentry, and the Sentry is basically taking on all of the, mm. the I don't know how do you describe it, like all the pain that comes yeah. from from Doctor Strange's music, magic use.
3: He's paying the price.
1: He's paying the price, and, but and he's it,
3: invulnerable, so it's fine for him. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's like it's funny. Like it's a little it's t- yeah, he pretty much says like that stupid little to the left kind of joke. Yeah, yeah um yeah i thought that this 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 story's arc is is really really great
3: and just like it is it is so refreshing to see um get walter's art on a book like this yes you know, totally like he's so, fun... he's so incredibly suited to a superhero book which is not something that you would necessarily expect but he's just nailing it and it's such a like gorgeous book yeah i agreed. love it
1: great 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 issue really very very good it's gonna be hard picking because I always do a thing on, on, on our Twitter and our Facebook where I pick my six favorite issues that we talked oh, yeah. about in each issue, issue episode. Can I, do no, I get 12 this. this week? Yes. Okay, that's good. That makes it easier. Um, All New Wolverine, issue number 29, written by Tom Taylor um, with art by Juan Cabal and I colors love Juan Cabal. by uh, Nolan Woodard. Yeah, I love Juan Cabal a lot. It's great. He draws a great Gabby. He knows what young people should look like. Yes. Even when they're kicking butt. Even when they're wearing sunglasses in a superhero costume, she still looks like a kid. Yeah. Um, and she looks more like the X-23 that we saw in Logan, um, does, than huh? what Laura does now. Yeah. Uh, which it's is a, a, a clever way to kind of put someone from the movies into a comic. Absolutely. Even though Gabby existed before Logan did the movie. Um, so there is like, yeah, the you know, a classic, uh, bunch of, uh, anti-mutant, uh, victims. It's
3: called the orphans of X.
1: And uh they've they've developed bullets that can kill Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Um and uh in order to fight them they've they visit someone who can create armor that mm-hmm. is that, that that these new bullets they've got mm-hmm. won't be able to penetrate. Um and uh
3: And Laura looks cool as hell.
1: She looks very, very cool and badass. I buy a statue actually no, I don't buy statues, I buy a Lego minifig based off of this costume. <laughs> Um, I'd buy an extremely expensive Lego set that contained just because it contained this one minifig. Classic Levens. Um, and uh, I liked Dakin in this going for broke and just mm-hmm. kind of fighting as many of the orphans as possible. Mm. Um, which it sounds funny if you take it out of the context that the or the orphans of X is just fighting orphans. <laughs> He's playing the same orphans from Superman thirty thirty seven this week. <laughs> I'd read that <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just like a really, really solid um, Marvel action comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone should read it. It's really good.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I hope
1: it. I hope Tom Taylor gets rewarded with um, something big as well as this. Like, you know, everyone's talking about who's going to write Wolverine when he comes back. Oh, yeah. I would love him writing both this book and whatever book Logan gets mm, after this. Interesting. Deadpool versus Old Man Logan is a mini series written by Declan Shalvey with art by Mike Henderson and Lee Lowridge on colors. Um, and it is a, a funny team-up between Old Man Logan and Deadpool um, who are trying to save a young mutant. And in this issue, they learn that, well, Logan learns that, oh man, maybe this Newton is not someone you should be trying to save. Yeah. And so now we finally get the versus fight that we've been waiting for between Logan and Deadpool. And um it's uh it's funny and it also is. it has a lot of like kind of pathos for this kind of book. Absolutely. Um and uh it's well drawn and the colours are good.
3: Yeah, I think um and Javi is he he writes a funny Wolverine. I like the bit where um Wolverine or Deadpool? Deadpool, sorry. Where Deadpool goes, Frankly, I'm stumped and punches um Wolverine in the face with the stump of his hand that's been cut off. Great. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I want from Deadpool comic. <laughs>
1: Um, so now we're going to talk about two issues of Avengers: No Surrender. Um, Avengers issue six seventy six and six seventy seven, written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub, with art by Pepe Larraz and um,
4: Pepe Larraz.
1: David Curiel on color. What I like about this uh, these, this this first uh, kind of arc is that Pepe Larraz has done all art all of it. It isn't mm-hmm. like a new artist on each issue, yeah, funny, which is thank goodness. something that a lot of Marvel event books has kind of been uh pulled down by i think Mm. and even though this is weekly it's good that they've kind of hopefully they've kind of broken it up into like four four issue chunks or whatever so Mm -hmm. each month we get the same artist um on like you know the the different story beats or whatever um so the art looks good the Uh, art
3: looks great but but, it's very (laughs) boring
1: it is but i'm still gonna keep reading it
3: yeah, I don't want to. Oh
1: well, Will just, if you just think don't. I have to. What's it? Sorry? I
3: like how sassy um, Falcon looks in this one panel.
1: <laughs> sassy Falcon. But yeah, so there's like the, the Earth has been moved and it is now being used as like a battleground by aliens, including the New Order Thanos' – is what They call the New Order mm, Black. The Order. Black Order, New Order, my favorite band. <laughs> it's um and uh
3: all the story arcs about it because like, it's three Avengers teams and so they're all like, but I'm the leader of the Avengers and that's pretty boring. All the stuff with Pietro I think is boring. I don't understand why he's never allowed to have any character development. We just go through the exact same shit with him or, like constantly. Even though
1: Zub writes him really, really well. Yeah. Like in And has has done in... Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. They need, the Pietro needs a like a, a big arc to Absolutely. grow him as a character. You're right.
3: Uh, I just, yeah. I don't have much to say about this because I find it just a bit dull yep
1: it's dull it's definitely dull great what's it wh- who's, who, what's it gonna do though i don't know no how no many guess. weeks is it gonna go for I don't One know. million. One million weeks so Can't we're wait. all dead uh phoenix resurrection is the other event going on over at marvel at the moment the return of gene gray written by matt rosenberg with um not the best career art by roman rosanis in this uh in this issue what else has he done I don't know. i recognise saying that name a bunch of times. Marvel stuff. Um, Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. There's a couple of instances of like the same panel being used and then blown up.
3: What's with this angel? He's got like it looks like he has a midriff top and then also a weird penis.
1: Well, he's a, he's the dead version. When you when you when you die, oh. you get a weird penis.
3: <laughs> I can't wait.
1: Um, again, I, think I said this last time we talked about this comic. I, I really enjoy the Jean Grey stuck in. Um, this weird world that the phoenix has created for her to, to ready herself to yeah. take on the phoenix. But I don't... I wish there weren't this many mutants to keep up with along. like mm. It should have just been like two. One team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's just two mutants. Just Wolverine and... Just
3: old man Logan and um, Cyclops and young Cyclops. That's great. <laughs> that would be so confusing for Jean.
1: I mean, yeah. And then maybe Kitty, I don't know, or Rogue. Like, the, 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 those four are the ones that make sense. Yeah. But instead, we have, like, fucking Warpath. 30 mutants. Yeah. Hellion. Yeah.
3: Polaris. <laughs> yeah, why why is Polaris in
1: this? <laughs> very strange. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a somewhat satisfying conclusion. <laughs> I don't understand why we haven't seen Cyclops yet. Like, we're surrounded by dead X-Men, and normally, like, when, when oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they do this, winning. Normally when when they do stuff like that it's like kind of fun. This was not very fun.
3: No. It is not fun.
1: Jim just said cuz he's not dead.
3: Oh. Oh. But Jean Grey
1: is going for a going like she's talk, keeps talking about going on a date with him in this world. Yeah. I don't know.
3: He he was like there was a version of him in the first issue.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Who knows what's going on?
3: Who cares? Now
1: we're going to talk about the second week um and what better thing to talk about in week 2 than Marvel 2 in 1 and that is uh Oh, wait, this was already the second week. Whatever, fuck Whatever, it. <laughs> who uh, cares? The Thing and the Human Torch um, in this, uh, what I assume is like a kind of maxi series of some kind, 12 issues at least, um, written by Chip Zdarsky um, with art. I mean, he won't be along for, he won't be around for much, that much longer. Art by Jim Chung, mm. who is so good. He's so good. Um, and uh, Colors by somebody. Uh, John Dell with Frank Wild Martin, and Wong. on Colors the inks, the Fremont on colors um yeah this is a, a great series about basically the thing um and uh and Johnny Storm uh, trying to find an artifact that uh, Reed Richards left for them mm. um, and um, they're being watched by um, Doctor Doom and uh c- who only let Ben know that they could they, that that Reed had left something for them because he couldn't figure out what it, where it was or what it was yeah Uh, Which is great. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And, like, Chipsynoski is so funny. And he really, I think, nails the voices of both Johnny and Ben. Yes, definitely. Like, the really antagonistic relationship is, but, like, full of so much, like, love and emotion. I think he really nails that. So funny. there's so many things that, like, I feel like he's good at mining ideas that you haven't thought of like Johnny's like I haven't brushed my teeth since the accident because I don't need to because every time I flame on it gets rid of all the plaque (laughs) (laughs) that's a really funny idea
1: yeah no I really enjoyed that too I I I, this whole issue was was really really great and I loved the reveal like the the kind of going back in time and yeah um seeing why you know because you 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 don't really know why Ben and Reed were friends before before the Fantastic Four um and this this kind of Shows what they were like in high school in a, in a way that I've never seen in a comic before. Like, that I understood their friendship them better. Their friends at college. Um, college, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, them kind of teasing Doom.
3: Yeah, and what their real first adventure was. Very, very funny. Very Victor cute. Von Doof. Yeah. Doof. Very funny.
1: Um, and I loved that, like, you know, we get this backstory... Thinking that it's just some weird flashback and then it ties in immediately. Like, it it makes so much sense that that is where this thing that Reed has left him. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Also, Um, Ben calls Doom a tin tyrant. Good.
1: (laughs) I like that. Um, Look, even if they don't entrust him with Fantastic Four, when, when... I think he's done more than an... Even just one of these two issues is, like, give Chip... Fantastic Four. Yeah, totally. But if just have him as a co-writer with another serious writer, like him paired with Al Ewing, so he Mm -hmm. can do all the comedic stuff and Al Ewing can do all the wacky cosmic stuff, but then Chip can be like, oh, too cosmic. Bring it down a little bit. Bring it down a little bit. Mm. That would be really good. I agree. Imagine if Zdarsky and Hickman did a book together. That would be so good. Because Hickman loves being a cheeky little cunt, (laughs) and and Zdarsky is one at all times. So (laughs) I think that would be a, a very fun match.
3: Also, was there a Garfield reference in this, or was that in the other Chip Zdarsky book? It's in the other Chip Sadarsky book. Chip Sadarsky loves Garfield and he puts it in all of his books.
1: <laughs> well, not as much as um, uh, Ryan North loves Garfield so much so that he got the creator of yeah. Garfield to draw a Galactus comic. <laughs> so good.
3: Um, I read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man issue 299 written by Chip Sadarsky, with art by Adam Kubert and Juan Fringari. Um, it's alright.
1: <laughs> a lot of people in our group are saying how much they love this now.
3: Yeah, I like it. Um this is definitely one of the better issues, I think, of this run and this arc. Um and there's some good there's some funny gags in it. He references Garfield. That <laughs> is good to me. <laughs> the end. She hates Mondays,
1: room. she loves lasagna. It's just true. It's a it's a everything you need to know about Siobhan. <laughs> oh no. Um, Oh, you forgot to read this one? Oh, man. We talked about how good his Doctor Strange run is earlier, but Donny Cates also writes Thanos at the moment with art by Jeff Shaw and colours by Antonio Fabella. Um, and this series uh, is about Thanos uh, thrown into the future in which he sees a future version of himself, an old version of himself. Um, and uh, he's with a cosmic ghost writer, and who Great. we learn the identity of in this issue.
3: Oh, can you tell me who it was? I'll give you two guesses. Was it Deadpool? No. Was it... Did you say Frank?
2: Deathblood.
3: What, as in like the Punisher? Yep. What? <laughs> what? Yes. Why is he so chipper? Well,
1: they kind of explain it.
3: Because he's like, finally, I can well, kill everyone with a look.
1: He's like, a lot's happened. Oh. So I think we're going to learn what happened to the Punisher to that make him... That is
3: very odd. That is an odd choice. It's a fun choice. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's like, basically like, yeah, this. This ghost rider speaks like Deadpool, like, you know, makes jokes all the time. Yeah, is yeah. extremely lighthearted. To find out that he's Frank Castle is... Uh, Bizarre. Yeah. And um, the best thing is that there's the the big reveal of who he is. He's like, I'm Frank Castle. And Thanos is like, never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. That is great. Um, um,
3: I'm sad I missed this. This is a great comic. Yeah, it's
1: really, it's really, really, really good.
3: good. fun. The art's gorgeous. Colors are amazing.
1: Yeah. Love it. It looks awesome. It looks real good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I uh, look forward to us talking about this once Siobhan has read the next I- issue. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, uh,
3: um, I also read uh, Generation X, issue 86, Survival of the Fittest, written by Christina Strain, art by Amilcar Carpina, colors by Philippe Sobrero. This is like the sort of uh, D-list X-Men comic, I suppose. No, oh, it's the X-Men in school, like X-Men Kids. Yeah. X-Men um, Junior. X-Men Junior. I think it is the best X-Men book at the moment. So it's like Jubilee and um, Quentin Quire and Eye Boy and Nature Girl and a lot of um, maybe less important characters. And this involves um, Monet. Mm-hmm. You know, Monet, and she's been possessed by her evil brother or something like that. Right. Anyway, it's got like, Husk and Monet fighting and like teen romance, and it's really queer and like beautiful, beautiful moments and gorgeously illustrated and I'm so sad that this has been um cancelled, but we also get you know Quentin realizing that he does care about his friends and wanting to come back and help the school and Jubilee maybe going back to the way she was and maybe not being a vampire anymore because of Quentin Quire's sweet Phoenix powers. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Cool as hell. Really like this book. I'm sad it's going.
1: Yeah, it's sad that also like almost every uh, queer-focused Marvel book is being canned.
3: Yeah. yeah. Classic Marvel. Um, I also read X-Men Blue issue 20 written by one of the Cullen Buns with pencils by R.B. Silver. Um and this is just like the original X-Men team being ugh, like traveling through time. And I just don't care. And that's the end.
1: Great. Great X-Men corner. Thanks. Um, we both read Black Panther this week, issue number 169. Or did we read it? Because you didn't have to read much because it was a mostly silent issue. Yeah. Uh, written in quotes you <laughs> no, wrote a lot of this one ta Coates wrote this one um, and uh, art was by Leonard Kirk with colours by Laura Martin and in this we see uh, Ulysses Claw uh, the, the Black Panther villain who uses sound to kill his enemies um, uh, I
3: love how much you expect him to be a character with claws yeah, and then he's like no I have a big sound gun
1: um, on my hand yeah and so uh basically he's using sound waves to bring back a replica of his dead sister mm-hmm. um and during that time sound is taken from the facility that um he uh, uh is on which mm-hmm. uh, also is where they're housing um the two um, members of the Dora Milaje um sorry the Midnight Angels Aneka and Ao mm-hmm. um and we then see like in in silence um we see Aneko Yako, sorry um uh, break out of her, of her chains and then rescue her, her girlfriend. Really great sequence. And it's so good.
3: The whole bit where she's wearing, like, don't give them a big, um, metal helmet that she can then use as a weapon. But great.
1: They never learn. I love it. I love this is, it. I, I Look, I love silent comic issues. Yeah. They're, they're so much fun to read after, you know, reading so many wordy ones. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's comics at its purest form. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, um, I, the, the finale of this was very, very satisfying um, in a way that Tanahitsu Coates is kind of doing at the end of all of these arcs now where you're like, where is he going with this? And then it happens like, fuck yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, this is a great comic.
1: And it showed that Coates can write or script a very good action scene too. I mean, it helps that Leonard Kirk has written, has drawn many a good one in the past.
3: And I like that there is like, uh, even though there's been a number of artists on Coates's run, there is like a distinctive aesthetic sort of through line for everything. I think it all flows together really well.
1: Yep, agreed. Great series, great issue. Love it. Um, final book I'm going to talk about is Luke Cage. Um, ah. Another book which is uh, very close to its final issue, uh, written by um, David F. Walker with art by Guillermo Osana um, and colors by Marcio Menes. Um, and this is the finale of um, Luke Cage being stuck in a prison um, under the control of someone who has mind control over all the prisoners and is making them mine for... Um, the thing that allows him to have mind control powers <laughs> um, and um there's there's a massive breakout and uh it was like just a yeah like a, a pretty solid uh you know prison breakout comic nice classic uh you know punching the bad guy on the way out and mm-hmm. saying something smart ass mm mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it looks like the, uh, um, this might be the final, the next one might be the final issue, but it's called, it says up next um, story time and the cover of the uh, issue number 170 is Luke Cage in like full kind of medieval garb with his daughter. So uh, he must be telling her a bedtime story. So I would recommend yes, you pick up. Uh, I want to read that. Because David F. Walker does, it, does very, very good kind of heartwarming mm-hmm. moments of Luke Cage and his family. Mm-hmm. And if it's him reading his daughter a bedtime story, I want to read more stuff like that. Not like, The shit that's been going on in Jessica Jones with the Purple Man taking over. Yes. Yeah. Blah. Horrible. Wholesome family things, please.
3: Yes, please.
1: (laughs) Um, So those are all the Marvel
3: books. (sighs) Image, right? We we got
1: some Image books to do. Okay. Before we get a standing ovation from everyone in the King's office, (laughs) Um, kill or be killed. Um, from two Weeks another disapproving look from George Great. <laughs> uh, number fi- issue number 15 of Kill or Be Kill came out uh, by Ed Brubaker Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Breitweiser this is the absolutely brilliant book about uh, becoming a vigilante because mm-hmm. a demon in your head told you to do so um, and uh, you know this whole time we've been the question is, who is this demon that's appearing um, in our protagonist's head? And is, is he real? Is he real? Is he, you know, brought on because, he, you know, our character is losing his mind? Um, is it a
3: family curse, like a mental curse, or is it a real curse?
1: And we, the, the, the besides the first issue, the the demon's being used very sparingly, always only appearing yeah. in, like, the background of, you know, one panel an issue kind of thing. And then this one is almost treated as, like, the secondary character. Mm. Um, and it's just crazy. Like, it's just, it's, this is such a great issue. Like, you know, fucking, you know, what a shocker. This is a great issue of kill or be killed, <laughs> I know. but like just the, the things that this book does differently to other comics that just makes it stand out as just such, such a perfectly crafted story. Absolutely. The the narration from the protagonist, is it David? Is it his name? Yeah. Um, where he, you know, breaks the fourth wall all the time in a way that helps you as a reader. Yeah, Like, always catches you up on what's happened recently. Mm -hmm. And if there's a character that you haven't seen in a while or something gets brought up from ages ago, he'll be like, yeah, but you didn't think you'd see that again in this story, huh? And, like, will always be like, now don't think this is, like, the part of the story where I do this. I hate it when that happens. Like, you know, he's so very meta without being annoying. It It just makes you more immersed in the world. Absolutely, and and enjoy this story and And
3: like wherever you think that this story is going Frubaker always like totally flips it on you and then flips it back and then flips it in another direction that you didn't even know was a possibility and constantly changes this like there is what what could have been a very like short simple story has been expanded into something so with so much potential and goes in so many directions and I just I think it's so amazing and like he's such a sort of reliable yet unreliable narrator. Yep. I love it.
1: An, an incredible cliffhanger. Yeah. At the end of this Absolutely. Too. Very, very good. So
3: great. Ah.
1: Um, did you read Rumble? No. Um, yeah, Rumble issue, Rumble volume two, issue two came out, written by John Acuti, with art by David Rabin, which is the reason why I thought you would have picked it up. Ah, Colours no. by David Stewart. Um, this is like don John Arcudi, I guess you're more familiar with as a crime writer or the yes. writer of B R P D. Um, he doesn't normally do like attempts at street lingo and young people dialogue. <laughs> and that's the worst thing about this book. Like if I had yeah. to like it almost stops me from enjoying the book. There's one character who is like this like white boy kind of like street kid okay. who is just so irritating as a character and yeah. There were moments in this where I didn't want to finish the issue, even though this is a this is a story that I've uh, sorry a run that I've read twenty something issues of. Mm. Um But David Rubin's art, you know, he's essentially drawing like gods and monsters and Gorgeous. fighting and all and like you know fantastic onomatopoeic words making up part of the panel and that kind of thing. Mm. Um That definitely kept me through it. I just yeah I think. Akuti dumbing himself down isn't very interesting to me. Yeah, and not really like his 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 attempts at street lingo are kind of just awful. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the 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 stuff we see about like you know these these monsters from below that are living on our world, that stuff's great, and I just kind of wish there weren't any humans in it.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So
1: I'm and gonna I'm gonna continue with it, David Rubin. It's all you're doing, so thank you.
4: He is the best.
3: Um, I read just. Uh, while we we're on things, the other person didn't read. I read issue five of Angelic by Cy Spurrier with art by Casper Wing, Wingyard, Wingyard. Um, and this is the sort of weird future anthropomorphized animals thing that you hated so much because of all of the sort of um, uh, verbal ticks, yep, the, different the different species,
1: dialects you spoke. Um,
3: and this is very like. Uh, very into that but this is like a very um explanatory issue Uh uh-huh where we sort of find out why the earth is like this um and it's all turns out there was a big sort of um artificial intelligence caused uh like sort of apocalypse and that's sort of who the maker is and all the things that sort of um the, the verbal tick suddenly makes sense For these characters, and I think it's actually a pretty satisfying payoff. I think this is just going to be one more issue. Um, but it's just it's. I think it's a really, oh, yeah, one more issue.
1: One more issue. Oh, is it really a miniseries? I think it's just a
3: miniseries, and I really like this. I think it's um, it is it is broad enough for uh young kids to enjoy. And I think there's stuff in there for them to enjoy as well as like adults. I think this is like a true all ages comic. I think the art's really like. Cartoony and fun and distinctive, and the colors are great. I think there's a lot to really enjoy about this book.
1: Yeah, awesome, cool. Um, final image book from this two weeks ago that I read that you didn't was uh, Mage: The Hero Denied, issue number five, written and drawn by Matt Wagner, um, about uh, Kevin Matchstick, who is a, uh, a now a man uh, with with two children and a wife um, who can um, uh, basically turn anything he's held he's holding into the Sword of Excalibur. Great. Um, and uh this is less about him like kicking butt. We see like a, a flashback to the past, but this is about like, you know, what to do when you are someone who has like, you know, superpowers, mm-hmm. um, but you also have a family and mm-hmm. what you do to protect them or what you do to bring them in to your world, because maybe they're better off being a part of it than you sheltering them from it. And, uh, I really enjoyed this even though I've not read all the all the mage series before this I'm I'm still enjoying this run
3: nice
1: and eventually I'll get to reading all of the earlier mage stuff
3: okay agreed (laughs) Um, I also just quickly to bring up something from like three weeks weeks ago ago. three weeks ago um, I read Sleepless issue two and I just wanted to mention that because everyone should be reading Sleepless it is amazing and gorgeous and like unique and the colours are amazing and the concept is great and it's really different from something from anything else and I love it I love it, I love it.
1: Yep, Slippers is very very good
3: Very very good, everyone read it
1: Um yeah, And yeah. if you want to hear it more a, a better review <laughs> I talked about <laughs> what it last week <laughs> are you trying to say? How dare you? You said amazing three times. <laughs> <I'm so tired. laughs> it's okay, only 30 more comics to go <laughs> um so now we're gonna talk about the comics that came out last week and man this was an incredible week for Image. Yeah. Um just so many of my favorite books and also realizing that one some newer books are my favorites. Um or one newer book is my favorite. Um but my favorite probably my favorite comic I read all week was Um Southern Bastards issue number mm-hmm. nineteen. It's been a long time coming and they even talk directly about that delay and why it was delayed. Mm-hmm. Um written by the Jasons Aaron and Latour. Um with, uh, who's on Colours on this one? I can't remember. God, I wish all credits were just always in the same place. <laughs> I think Latour does all these... Oh, no, he definitely he has someone else on Colours. They put it at the end. They put it... God damn it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Art, and, Art and Colour by Jason Latour. There you go. Whatever, fuck.
3: <laughs> this is, um, continues to be just one of the best books on the shelves every single time it comes out. I don't care how long it's been. Yeah. Take as long as you na- need, guys.
1: When the story is this captivating yeah and like there are that many plot threads that all come to a head in this like completely stunning cliffhanger that happens mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. where you're like oh fuck that guy like you
3: i can't yeah. even remember who this guy is
1: oh you don't remember the, the they did a series of one shots um uh in like the second volume yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, and there was this guy who basically kills in the name of the of god
4: yes and, he, okay. and there was that
1: crazy like issue with like all the snakes and like yes. and the preacher yep. Um, yep, 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 yep. yeah 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 he's great. that guy yeah great 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 um i can't wait to go back and reread this series from the start
3: absolutely um such a satisfying read jason latour is such a talented artist yeah like he's a great writer but man his art is so. It's so phenomenal. good, and I
1: actually think this this He's art looks a little guy. little different to what it's looked like in the past. I can't work what the the, the finishing on it. It looks a bit more digital, like not in a bad way. Just like the lines are a bit more pronounced yeah. or something. I don't yeah, know. What it also sort of seems
3: like maybe he didn't. Uh, like I know there was a long break, but maybe there just wasn't a little bit little bit rushed.
1: Yeah, but I still love it. It's yeah, so expressive absolutely. and 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 uh, angry and just stylized. It's just, it doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, absolutely. Um, and this, this story, like, you know, if if you've read it, basically this, this, this book is about Alabama and, uh, and, and Nail football aggression. and a coach and barbecue yeah. <laughs> and like different, Revenge. like different games that men play, like power games that men play. Mm-hmm. And um, just when you think that someone is about to eat shit again, mm-hmm. the, the the most unexpected thing happens and then mm-hmm. it just keeps happening for the rest of the issue. It's a violent, violent book. It really is. But it's an exciting, violent book. Absolutely. Yeah. My favorite issue of the week, I think. And I think just like one of the most essential reads on, on the stands yeah. when they choose to put it out. But you know what? You know, shit gets in the way. Absolutely. So, yeah, It's
3: such a beautiful cover as well. I'm not 100% sure if... Did Jason Lynch do the cover as well?
1: This cover? Which one have you got? The variants by Chip Zdarsky, actually. Oh. You got that one? Yeah, it's Chip Zdarsky. Wow. Hey, look at the look in the left, bottom left corner. Oh, there you go. It says Chip. Good job, Chip. Good on you, Chip. Um, so another book uh, image put out that I just like. It's only four issues in. I think I love it as much, almost as much as I love Southern Bastards. Um, is Maestros, uh, written by Steve, Scro- written and drawn by Steve Steve's Gross, with colors by Dave Stewart, um, and lettering designed by Phonographics. Uh, this is the story of a um, a young man who whose uh, father is like a very powerful wizard, and after his father dies, he it's up to this man to go back to this magic world and be the new become king. the maestro become the maestro um and in this we introduce introduced to someone from hell um and uh in, in like in in his past mm-hmm. and uh then we the see daughter of hell yeah and then we kind of like get this brilliant kind of display of his mother's love for him mm-hmm. which i thought was like a really really excellent she's so great i love how how fucking disgustingly gory this can get yep um and uh, Dong Watch everyone. Also a dong there's watch a dong. there's a dong image image I think only it's it's all the dongs are in image books this week. Yeah. Um because what a dong I'm about to talk about. Um <laughs> Uh, in, in 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 one of my favorite series issues segments coming up very soon. Um, it's not even Dongwatch. Watch. It's uh, it's something else. Very very exciting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we basically this ends with the maestro, uh, the new you know this younger maestro um, going to this. Is it, is it is it actually hell or is it like some demon? It's like a it hell dimension, dimension, or whatever. demon dimension. Yeah, um, where he's like you know convinced that everything's going to be just you know because he, he knows it has his history with this one girl yeah. demon. It'll be fine, and everything's not fine.
3: Obviously, it's not fine. I like. This is a style of fantasy. Like I keep saying to people, like if you like if you like Neil Gaiman, if you like Terry Pratchett, this is probably something that would appeal to you. But it's kind of almost beyond that as well. Like it's it's so funny, and these characters feel so real. Like they're so flawed and human and normal, and I funny, and I love it.
1: I love that, like um, when his mother, you know, goes to because there's even though like the. The, the, the main part of this book is that, that his father has has died I love that how not permanent death and destruction Absolutely. is for all the other characters for the most part like you know the, the 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 young version of maestro sees himself impaled on spikes for the bulk of this issue in the flashback yeah and then he's his mother like, crucified yeah his mother um His mother, like, you know, fights her way through, like, an island of monsters in order to save her son and comes back, like, missing a hand and half her face is burnt off. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just love that this book isn't afraid to see, like, the most beautiful, like, you know, uh, vulnerable characters ripped to shreds and gory. It's not just, like, the... You know the, these big heroic men covered in blood. It's yeah. yeah
3: women have agency in this. Book. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And I love the cover of the next one. Like it plays on so many sort of fantasy tropes. Like this sort of um, girl from hell that he saved when they were young is now like the sexy, like, <laughs> um, like sexy demon queen of hell or something. And she has him chained up. Like it's just this is so good. It's so I great. love this. I you, love you're, you're missing that
1: behind this. her and him who's chained up is this enormous, frightening demon with horns. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. great. So awesome. Um, I love this book. Uh, the trade is out in July, I think. Uh, mark it in your calendars. Just circle the whole 100. of July by Maestros. The first and
3: like, the fact that this appeals to you when you don't like fantasy, when you like really... It,
1: you know no, I, what I don't like about fantasy is the explanation of all the realms and all, all of the folklore that you have to read. or like, while you just just to totally. just to know about one character, you have to know so much background of the world that you're reading in,
3: and you don't feel like they've given you like, I feel like there's quite a lot of
1: yeah, but it does it in a very amusing and, and, and entertaining it's way. It's just a good version, yeah, totally, exactly. I, I don't hate fantasy, yeah, I just, yeah. I just like I, I get overwhelmed by it yeah, quite totally. easily. Uh, so, we also saw the return of a book called Sex Criminals. Yep. Um, issue 21, uh, written by Matt Fraction with art by Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. i um, take mine out if it's Uh Before we review the issue, it's, um, it's a great segment entitled Siobhan uh. Describes <laughs> the XXX. Variant cover. Great. This month was done by Chris Anker. Yeah, I uh, haven't actually
3: seen it yet. We
1: named the beloved segment Dong Watch after um, a dong drawn by Chris Anker yeah. in The Wicked and the Divine. He so, uh, look, you know what to expect. <laughs> Without further ado, Siobhan, describe this variant.
3: Yay. Oh, oh. My God. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, my God. I just... Like, I'm so happy that this comic exists. Like, it's so flawed. I don't even know if I love it anymore. But, man, what a hilarious cover. Oh, okay. 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 So, we've got John and Susie, right? The heroes of our book. The heroes of our book in an embrace. And... (laughs) John's in, like, a sexy, like, harness, I guess. And he has his, um erect boner. Dong. Dong. Sorry. I'm so sorry. He's erect dong. And then Susie is in, like, a sexy Can you lingerie. describe the dong a bit better? Oh, yep. Sorry. Okay. Um, it is... I mean, it's hard to tell whether it's circumcised or not. <laughs> um, tight little balls. Good amount of pubes. <laughs> the, describe the, it describe it, not rate it? I'd give it about a six. Um... But then Susie is wearing a strap on as well, and they are like, I guess, crossed swords. Yep. That's my description. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well done, Shadong. Thank you. Um, <laughs> ten out of ten. Good cover, Chris Anker. That's got to be fun. Like for someone who mostly does like fairly, like really PG superhero comics, it's got to be a lot of fun to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I love like I think on the um on the sealed section it was like um variant cover by Chris Anker. Seriously, triple X, have you seen Chris (laughs) Anker? And then on the back it says, like, two turned on by Chris's cover, can't even type words. (laughs) Amazing. Um, So, yeah, inside, beneath this uh, XXX cover, um, this book is now about what breaking up is like. Yeah. Specifically, six months after a breakup. Um what 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 happens what happens to your head when you settle for something less than the the person that you were once in love with but couldn't make it work with um and uh I thought, the, actually, I, I'm, I'm keen to know why you don't think it's as good as it used to, because I think this is, this is by far the best issue and I think, maybe this 10 is, issues. Yeah, this is the best issue yeah. in a long time yeah. for
3: me. And I think that was probably why I have such a, like, high standard that I expect of sex criminals. And so, because when that, there's been a that, lot of average issues in that, a row, it's sort of like... Mm. That opening
1: arc is one of the best first trades I think you'll be able to find on stands. Just like, you know, it was such a, like, oh, my God, where did this comic Absolutely. come from? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
3: and I sort of feel like there's been so much, like, introspective relationship stuff for John and Susie. And I understand that this is, like, a romance book at its heart. But at the same time, I just want more fucking and then robbing banks.
1: Yes. Um, and when, when one of the main characters is very against robbing banks, it's, it's difficult. But I, I love, you know, even in this, like, you know, even, even when the two main characters who have sex all the time aren't having sex anymore... Mm-hmm. There's still so much sex in this book. Yeah, absolutely. From different other characters that you would least expect, specifically Susie's mother, Susie's <laughs> who's having, who's had an awakening.
3: Uh, yeah, that is one of the funniest pages where there's a bunch of middle-aged women exploring their vaginas. <laughs> Great, good job, Chip. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really good fun. Like, it's still very fun and it's still very silly. And like, the, uh, one of the girls at Queens of Kings last night was like, I actively did not like Sex Criminals. She was like, I thought it was well written, but I just disliked the characters so intensely that I just couldn't do it. I couldn't read it, which I sort of understand. Like, they, they're not appealing. Then, well, they're so flawed. They're so flawed. And, and John it- is so, like, useless. Yeah, And you totally. know that he's, like, it's Matt Fraction doing a very personal, like, look at himself and just kind of like, oh, get it, get it together, Matt. You're <laughs> better than this. And
1: it's <laughs> totally influenced by, like, you know, the the your Fantagraphics um like a like, like a Peter Bag, like, yeah, uh, like you yeah, know, like yeah. the, the, who, who are the other cartoonists that look at them that, that that, or even like a Wilson, like you know what Dan Clowes yeah. does, where he just like creates the worst version of himself, and then Absolutely. it just has this like exploration of self hate. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Just kicks himself in the head all the time. <laughs> but it's yeah, like I st- this this um this was a good issue, and it did make me like hopeful and excited for the future of Sex Crims.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I, I think it, it it's great to do a, a big time time jump and change things up a lot. Um, so looking forward to this. I don't know what schedule these guys are keeping at the moment. Is it seems kind of seems a little bit erratic, but I don't know. Whatever. When you get it, you get it and it's good. Um, Also back
3: up is obviously always the best. Yeah.
1: The, the back matter in both, um, Southern bastards and sex criminals (laughs) is very, very good.
3: (laughs) I hadn't read half of them. Sorry. Yeah. The sex tips are so funny.
1: I wonder if they're going to release another volume of just the tips. I hope so. Um, this one
3: is objectify your partner by putting a price tag around his dick and then marking it down <laughs> drastically as damaged and nobody wants this. Good, good, good.
1: <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so onward to another image book now, Black Magic, <laughs> written by Greg Rucker with art by Nicholas Scott. Issue number 10. Sorry, I was still reading that. Um, with an incredible uh, variant cover by Tula Lotte.
3: Beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous.
1: And I love that I picked it straight away. I was like, that's Tula Lotte. Good and job. And it was. Um,
3: you should feel very proud. I did. Um, I loved this issue. This was really great.
1: Yeah. This is a, um, it's a hard one to kind of review issue by issue in terms of describing what happened because this yeah. is very much now like the plot is chugging on mm-hmm. and, you know, this is basically a, it's about a, a woman who is a witch and also a police officer. Yes. Um, and those two worlds are two things, to keep, two, two things to, that are hard to keep separate.
3: Absolutely. And we're seeing um, a sort of ancient society of witch hunters who have now targeted her. And have, like, come into her home and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really good. Yeah. And meanwhile, it continues uh, and, to be excellent.
1: And her partner is having a child. Yeah. Um, and doing
3: something bad with that. And I'm not into how many comics recently have had ladies who have just had a baby and then something fucked up is going to happen to their baby. I can't deal with that right now.
1: Don't do when? that to how, me. How old does Shadow Star have to be before you can deal with that?
3: 18. 18. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I read Black Science issue number 34 this week, um, which is the um, last issue for a while now, apparently, while they take a little sabbatical. Um, And that makes total sense because this was one of the most batshit insane uh, comics period that I've read ever, where every page something insane happened. And like someone showed up from the past or someone that you thought was dead showed up or someone suddenly died or a monster suddenly leveled up or just, just kept one-upping itself, one-upping itself again and again and again, and then had this really sweet and poignant ending. Hmm. Um, I can't tell you any of those things because it, it would delve way too deep into spoiler territory. Yeah. And uh, apparently we're fine in spoiling Thanos, but we're not, <laughs> but we're not okay with spoiling uh, black science. Um, <laughs>
3: It's way less people read
1: uh, Rick Remender, Mateo Scalera and Moreno yeah. Denisio are doing great stuff with this run I highly recommend it if you're a fan of like dark and weird sci-fi um, it's a you know it's not afraid to, to take a very weird left turn for a while um, knowing that it will have a really great payoff and in this issue there's like 20 payoffs from the past which is really really fun and crazy Nice. yeah and you don't know you, it, the book finishes you don't know who's alive, who's dead, which dimension they're in, what's going to happen next Super cool. Very cool. Um, Manifest Destiny, um, again, another book that's hard to describe now, but basically this is about Burke and... Wait, I did it again. Lewis and Clark. (laughs) Nailed it. I was like, I'm going to get it first time this time. I know my explorers. Um, Manifest Destiny is written by Chris Dingus, Matthew Roberts, Tony Akins, and Owen Gienny. It's a creative team. Has it always
3: been
1: the same creative team? Uh Uh-huh. And um, it's basically about um, Lewis and Clark making their way from one side of America to the the other. Um, And uh, they are basically trying to... um, Take with them the daughter, sorry, the, the baby of an Indian and a white man um, as a kind of like peace offering between two sides at war. Um, and uh, that's kind of like the, the, the what they're trying to do. But along the way, there's monsters and all kinds of crazy supernatural bullshit. Um, although certainly was in the first few arcs. And now there's less and less of that. It's more about the power play between um, the various characters um, and, and convicts that they've taken with them on their journey. Um and uh I was like kind of against that at first. I liked the anarchy of how many monsters there were and this issue finished and I was like, you know what? They're doing really, really great character work now. I think I I like this book the most I've ever liked it. Oh cool. Um and um then the first letter um in their letter section is uh just made me so happy that I'd come to this conclusion before reading this letter. The letter is like, um Dickris, no action, no monsters. Big problem. What happened to this series that all you want to have them do is talk. Hard to read, thumbs down. Cheers, Andrew. Love it. P.S. I stayed away from Manifest Destiny for months, maybe a year. Thought I'd give it a chance again, but nothing has changed since I last read and then stopped. Like I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to do now. Like what a dick thing to write into someone.
3: Look, comic book fans are dicks. They are. You're a Except dick. Except for us. No, I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Yeah. I'm a dong. Nice. You're yeah
1: sure <laughs> Um, and uh, actually the, the writer of Manifest Sessy is Chris Dingus. I know. So he's a dingus.
3: I was like, that's why I asked if it was the same creative him Cause I was like, I feel like I should have made fun of that name more. <laughs>
1: so yeah, look, this is a really great one. I, I, I burned through the first like three or four trades and it was very, very fun to do. And I imagine, um, as more get collected, it'll be even more fun to just continue the story in one big hit. Nice. Now we move over to other publishers. Siobhan, we are Woo! almost done. We- when, oh God! Oh my God! My, uh, the, the pile comic of comics land-side. is is starting to collapse. <laughs> um, so let's kick things off with a review of Rugrats issue number four out through Kaboom, um, with Nickelodeon. Now we loved the first three issues of Rugrats. It was written by Box Brown mm-hmm. uh, with an excellent artist who uh, had her own style. I can't remember what her name was DJ no, I mean, yeah. or something. Um, and uh, we were very concerned about the future of this book after the, the first arc finished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were worried about whether or not. Box Brown would continue, and this uh, artist would continue. Unfortunately, neither of them stuck around, but we got a new creative team in uh, Pranus, uh, N- Nao uh Jorge Monlongo, and Colours by Eleonora Bruni. Um, and I was concerned seeing the new creative team on there. Actually, I didn't realise at first. We were like yeah. three or four pages in, and I was like, "Well, it's definitely not this the same artist." <laughs> I was like, "Is this has this been written by Box Brown still?" And I was like, "You know, what? I'm, I'm still I'm still enjoying this. I'll keep reading it." Hmm. Basically, this is the Malibu Stacy episode of The Simpsons, except yes. it is Angelica. Um, in with the, a Cynthia doll. With a Cynthia doll. And, and basically there's, there's a new Cynthia doll coming out. And um, Susie and Angelica have to battle a whole bunch of other kids um, with the help of Tommy and his friends to uh, to find the Cynthia doll. And um, it's a really, really fun and silly... Mm. I, it was far more comedic than what Brox Brown was doing. Mm. Um, and like anticsy. Um But I really enjoyed it. And I especially enjoyed the art because it, it's not... They still don't look like, you know like photos of the uh like you know Absolutely. screenshots of, of the cartoon it's definitely um, in this person's style um and yeah, it was well,
3: a good fun issue i thought it was great
1: yeah it was really really fun it's not like you know, the biting kind of satire of it all was semi present not not as much as what mm. box brown was doing but it was still definitely there It didn't feel like a massive tonal change in Absolutely. In, in this goofy all ages kids comic um but uh yeah i, I thought this is a solid issue
3: i agree still a good fun comic i
1: hope box brown comes back but yeah. also, I hope he works on some other other things that he's writing himself because I love everything he does. He is great. And next time we do a graphic novels Patreon bonus episode, sometime in February. Don't get mm. your hopes up. We give January oh, and stuff to this. Uh, I want to talk about I Andre the Giant. It's so yeah, fucking good. It's
3: good, right? It's so good. It's great.
1: Um, Boom put out another book last week, and that is Fence Issue Number Three. Woo! Fucking love Fence.
3: Love fencing. Do love you fence. love?
1: Do you love swords?
3: I love swords.
1: Do you love attractive gay men?
3: Yes. <laughs>
1: we got them both.
3: Swords and gay men. Yes. Please.
1: Written by Melbourne writer, Melbourne or Sydney? Yep. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne Rider, C.S. Picat, with um, art by Johanna the Mad, colors by Johanna Lafuente. Um, Fence is a story about a bunch of boys who have gone to a college uh, that excels in fencing. Yep. And uh, you can only they're only, they're, a couple of them are on scholarships. The main, our main kind of protagonist is on a scholarship. And they're only letting, is it two people, three, three people on the team? And if he doesn't make the team, he loses his scholarship. So everything's on the line. However, there is a, um, Extremely um, sassy and extremely good fencer um, Seiji, Seiji, um, who he is a roommate of with
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: that he has to beat or at least be as, not not lose to basically because yeah. he lets the, the first issue sees him lose to Seiji. Um, there's a lot at stake for almost all the characters here. Tensions are high. Pecks are beautiful. Pecks are beautiful. Eyes are beautiful. Great eyes. Great, great face. Great you know feminine kind of but masculine faces. A great Absolutely. exploration of of that. Um, Absolutely.
3: And like, uh, just extremely expressive and such a range of faces and identities and, um, it's so good. It's so good guys. And like, because CS Picat, I think has a history as a fencer, I think she does fencing. So everything feels very like real and it's a very, um, Accurate look, yes. Yeah, this it, very insular sport totally. It does, it does
1: what that um, what was it called, stomp or something like that? Um, slam, slam, which was yeah. all about um, uh, roller derby, roller derby. And like, you know, I stopped reading that because they never justified why anyone would roller derby. <laughs> I know because it was just like it would just be them injured and with no time to do anything else in their lives. And but I th- don't
3: think they explained the sport exactly.
1: Enough. Whereas this does, I, I learned so much about fencing from Absolutely. reading this. Um, while having, it's like basically all like the, the, the two core things that make this book, what it is, is that it's like telling you what fencing is Mm -hmm. and having this, like setting up like this big contest and letting, you know, how someone can be good at it. Mm -hmm. And then the relationships within it, there's almost nothing else going on in this book. And I think, you know, that, that, that's kind of what you get from a lot of Ma- even not just sports based manga like I, I that's what i love so much about um like cooking manga and the rakugo the the, the mm-hmm. theater mm-hmm. Ma- manga and um anime that that i got into last year mm-hmm. um you know it, it it's 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 almost historical non-fiction in the way that it tells you about the thing that all the, all its characters love but then it has these you know larger than life relationships happening alongside the the you know the, the the subject matter absolutely it's brilliant i love this comic it's one of my favorites
3: agreed agreed
1: um, excellent guys so this is like you know like god tier comic to me already and it's only had issue three issues mm-hmm. do you know what else is god tier comic to me now mm-hmm. Assassinistas yes this is a Black Crown Love book. This book and like you know to think that the, the, like we looked at this you know after getting the, the, the kind of teasers and first books from this imprint um, Black Crown is an imprint through IDW um uh I was like I was like oh man I don't know about Assassinistas like you know especially because Gilbert Hernandez um is you know, give or take, like you know, he he he's either incredible or like way too horny. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure what to expect I know, from this. The two can't exist at the That's same very time. true. He's well, normally book. He's, he's both. incredibly horny. Um, and uh, this book written by Teeny Howard, who is like a relatively young writer, who I've enjoyed some things of, but mm-hmm. nothing that I'm like, yeah, everything that she's read, I've written, I've loved. Um, we're two issues into this series now, and it, basically, it's about like, uh, you know. 20 years on from this trio of of female assassins. Some of them have children now. Mm -hmm. Um, They all have different jobs. Um, One of them may still be an assassin on the wrong side of the angels. Mm -hmm. And this is about a new trio of assassins. Um, One of the original assassins, her son and her son's boyfriend. And it is so fun. fun. And Hernandez's art is just perfect for it as well because there's something so... So there's something so simple and like amusing about Gilbert Hernandez's yeah. art, especially colored like this as well, Absolutely. like um, that just brings a really great, fun, light, pulpiness to the to the to the story. Mm-hmm. But then Tini Howard's writing is, you know, she does the pulpy stuff, but there also is like a very grounding, you know, lots of character explorations in, in this as well.
3: Absolutely, it feels very grindhousey. y yep. in like just general tone, and I think like the the art complements that so perfectly
1: but like not grindhousey, where it's like this is what grindhouse was so therefore this is exactly what my Absolutely. book is it's like a modern a contemporary like, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love this book like this and fence were my two favorite comics last week
3: really exceptional
1: um i highly recommend someone was like we, someone, we were complaining about uh silencer the new upcoming um dc book um, which is about a, a mother who is also a hitman or something. Yeah. And um, someone was like, why can't we just get a good assassin book? And I was like, it's called Assassin Easters. It already exists. Yeah. Go get this. Um, yeah. I highly recommend this to everyone. Great. Um, if you can't find the singles, wait for the traits. Um, Cause I imagine, I bet you these are going to be some beautiful looking traits. Yeah. It's always good to have some colored Gilbert Hernandez art. For sure. Um, so uh, final books that I'm not sure oh, you'd read it. Great. Yeah. Awesome. From uh, two weeks ago. Um, Doppelganger, um, we talked about Alterna comics at the start of the episode, the weird, um, cheaper, newsprint printed um, comics, um, and this is probably my favourite of all of the Alterna comics I've read so far, uh, it's called Doppelganger, it's written by Jordan Hart, with um, art by Emmanuel Zerx javier and... Um, And, uh, oh, and Jordan Hart, the writer, also does the colors. That's cool. Um, and basically, this is about a man who, after witnessing someone die, um, then sees an exact doppelganger of himself that tells him that he's going to take over his life. Yeah. Um, because this is what this creature does. You're going to, yeah, exactly. So go live it up and don't try and stop me from taking over your life.
3: And also, if someone sees them at the same time, they turn to dust.
1: Yeah, which is hilarious. Um, and which was a
3: lot to set up in one issue but they like nailed it they
1: did it really really well and like I, I feel like I, I I, hope this book doesn't get ignored it's really yeah. really fun and cool and a different weird you know Twilight zone kind of concept absolutely but done really well great um, really this, really solid art in this issue we see the our main character n- not live it up and try and stop the, uh, the doppelganger and uh, something horrible looks like it might happen on the final page yep to someone who doesn't deserve it
3: agreed it's captivating it. stuff very very good
1: real good shit uh, Jenny Finn issue three of four came out. Um, this is this. the kind of uh, reprint and recolored, um, or f- sorry, colored for the first time. Uh, Mike Mignola and Troy Nixie book with colors by new colors by Dave Stewart doing incredible work. Like you would think, you know, we get a lot of IDW um, recolored stuff, and it's just like it's very simple. It's like man, you've really phoned it in on this. Mm. The colors here are so like I was going to say vivid, but it's a Mignola book that's always a murky brown affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a it's a brilliant. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of depth a lot of depth. Um, it, it's, it's very, very and, and Troy Nixie's uh, art really shines with this edition of, of colour. Um, so much so that I actually enjoy this style more so than the uh, the book that we read this week. Mm, okay. um, it's a, you know, classic, morbid, uh, Victorian uh, book with monsters in it. Mm. Um, you've read a million of them by Mike Mignola through Dark Horse, but this is a very good one. Mm. And very weird and cool. Excellent. Spirit I is read, the last one.
3: Um, the Spirit... The Corpse Makers, issue five um, by Francesco Francavilla, which has been a long time coming. Yeah,
1: so much so that I'd, I'd kind of like, I think issue four, I was like, I don't remember anything that happened in this. So I, I got this issue and I, I flicked through it and I thought it looks beautiful. And when it comes out in trade, I'll read the whole thing.
3: Good call, because I'd mostly forgotten what happened in this, and it was beautiful, and I really enjoyed it, but um, I'd sort of forgotten a lot of what happened beforehand, but I think Frank Bia could do Spirit Comics forever, and I would just read them forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll eat them up. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a great artist, and, he, and he's been doing, like, I feel like he was very, very prolific for a while, and mm-hmm. it, he's quietened down a little bit. You don't see as many... Francesca Francovia covers, yeah. or, you know, he was doing Marvel books for a while. He did like a yeah. bunch of Guardians issues.
3: He did all that um, Moon Knight stuff, which was great.
1: Yeah. You know what he's not doing? What is he not doing? Afterlife with Archie. Where the fuck is that?
3: Yeah. I don't think
1: that's his doing, though. I think that's Roberto Aguiar Sacasa. Yeah. I think he's just got doing a lot too, ma- too many TV shows. TV sucks, Roberto. Yeah. I yeah, agree. it makes you more money, but write some books because I like them. Um, so on to this week, um, and we have a couple more. Um, the finale of IDW's Judge Dread, The Blessed Earth. Um, this is written by Ulysses Farinas, um and Eric Freitas, with art by Daniel Irazari and colors by Ryan Hill, and was this insane future story about Judge Dread. Um, this, you know, the original Judge Dread is this old man who has to have like uh, skeleton transplants, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in this book, in this issue, the, the the final villain that he has to try and take down is his skeleton leaves his body and is sentient and controlled by who the skeleton used to be owned by and just sums up how crazy and inventive and off the wall. This book wasn't afraid to go on every page. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean that, that's kind of Ulysses Farina's like mandate as a creator. I think like Mm -hmm. you don't read anything straight by him. It's always madness turned up to 10. Um, and, uh, I think this book was, was a really, really fun book to follow issue by issue, but another one that's going to read really well in trade. And if you are someone that's been dubious of checking out the IDW Judge Dredd things out of fear that it'll be too straight and will avoid the zaniness of um, 2000 AD's, you know, Dredd history, um, yeah, this definitely good. embraces yeah, it and then goes further. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really, really recommend this. Um, yeah, even though Farinas didn't do the art, because I love Farinas as an artist. um, it still
3: kind of has his vibe all over it. It really
1: does, really does. Irizarry, I think he, Irizarry also was the artist on that Limeforged uh, oh, yeah, yeah. mini-series um, that we loved. Cloudy and Rex. Cloudy Rex, yeah. So good. Good shit.
3: Good
1: shit. Um, Have you got any books that weren't um Dark Horse? Because I've got three Dark Horse books to end uh, on. i got
3: a Valiant book. Let's do the Valiant book. Ninja K, issue three. Ninja. Ninja. Um I, I, I like this more as it goes on. This is written by Christos Gage with art by Tomas Girelli with Roberto Della Torre and colours by Diego Rodriguez. This is sort of like um the murky the murky history of the ninja project from MI6, and this is Ninja C coming back for revenge and trying to um get Ninja K to join up with him. And I think it's really good.
1: So it's Ninjak versus yeah. Ninjak.
3: Ninjas. <laughs> um, uh, I really like this. I think it's like great history, great Valiant Universe history stuff, um, as well as like fun contemporary stuff and sort of dealing with terrible things that have happened to the various ninjas.
1: Yeah, is there a ninja S yet? That'd be cool if there was a book called Ninjas.
3: Mm, good. Really good. So.
1: Could be about a bunch of them though.
3: Um, now I just have Dark Horse books. Alright,
1: let's do it. The end of, end of the episode is going to be all about Dark Horse, starting Great. with a review of the finale of one of the better miniseries that we read in the last year that I feel like Absolutely. didn't get the praise that it deserved. We certainly gave it to it, but I, I feel like no one's really talking about this. Yeah, um,
3: it seems like it went weirdly under the radar despite the fact that it ties in really directly to the main series, which is Beloved by Many.
1: Yeah, um, so from the world of Black Hammer um, by Jeff Lemire, um, comes a book called Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil with art by David Rabin, who did art on a few of the fill-in issues of, uh, of Black Hammer. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, he did art for this entire mini-series and it is about the daughter of Black Hammer um, <coughs> investigating what happened to her father uh, by way of uh, interviewing all of his kind of regular bad guys, and mm-hmm. it in her finally meeting Sherlock Frankenstein, who is uh, an amalgamation of Sherlock Holmes and Frankenstein, who operates on himself and basically makes himself invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he immortal. Di- immortal, exactly. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, what drove him crazy and, and why he... Because he was at one point like a hero and, yeah. and why he became a villain. Um,
3: and then why he became a hero
1: again yeah it's man this was fantastic and grew the world of black hammer absolutely. more so than the black hammer issues did absolutely and like talks it's almost like these massive it not only does it grow the world it also does so by sem- celebrating it's such a celebration as, yeah, exactly. of
3: superhero comics as a genre and the history of it it goes through like the golden age and the silver age and it's it's such a it's such a delight um, Deborah Bean's colors are Crazy. So good that he does
1: all. Of so I love. He just has that he just he, he's such a good use of yellow and and like acid maroon green. and acid green. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we see more of Sherlock Frankenstein. Yeah. trying to be, be, do good, but the uh, the the, the, the this book. Yeah, great. we get a preview of Doctor Star, which is. Um, uh, Lemire's take on um, Starman, Starman, so much so that this character is even named James Robinson, who wrote the Mm -hmm. very, very great Starman run Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Um, So the next miniseries from the world of Black Hammer is called Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Max Fiamara, which is fucking awesome, uh, and colors by Dave Stewart. And like, shit, man, this just looks like another... It's so different. Yeah. It's set in, like it's set now and flushing back to the forties, so you know again is going to be like a JSA esque mm-hmm, comment mm-hmm. comic. And everything the, about this
3: just makes me so happy.
1: Yeah. This this is uh this is an incredible world that he's building. Absolutely. And then and then the 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 next run of like because Black Hammer's finished, it's gonna come back as something else mm. too, right? To further that story. So good. How awesome. Incredible. Yep, just the best. Um when this one comes out in trade, definitely buy it. Dear listener. Um, we also got issue two of six of Empowered and Sister Spooky's High School Hell, the uh, Empowered kind of mini-series uh, written by Adam Warren, the series creator, with incredible coloured art by Carla Speed McNeil.
3: How does Adam Warren understand teenage girls so well? Holy moly. This is like... Um Oh God, as someone who hated high school so much, and obviously high school was not this bad for me, <laughs> obviously. But the the section where the teenage, um, some of the teenage girls, their powers are like sending text messages, and yep. the text messages are like physical messages that are smacking, um, empowered and just spooky, like but, but in the w- face and in the head, while still
1: being in- insults.
3: Yeah, it literally says like, "You're not just a fat cow. You're an ugly fat cow. Ugly fat cow goes moo." <laughs> like that's such a it it just feels so um accurate and i love
1: it yeah it's great so basically empowered and sister spooky are trapped in like a in sister spooky's high school where she was granted her powers and she was surrounded by um blonde 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 girls who had um made a deal with a demon to to look beautiful to
3: be hot got hot powers yeah she got hot powers but also magic powers and now they're pissed
1: yeah so they're trying to get her magic powers off her by killing her (laughs) Um, it's really, really fun and silly, and uh, and a very, very good time with excellent art by Carlos B. McNeil, um, which looks very different to what Empower normally looks like with Adam Warren's kind of manga esque um, mm-hmm. drawings. But um, it, it still it works. Still, it still works really, really well. Um, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's a great, another great universe, just like Black Hammer. And
3: right? it's so cool because we get to see um, so much character development for both of them. Yeah, totally. The Spooky and Empowered. I feel like
1: the last one we got, which is like where everyone felt all the, all the different characters in Empowered's world fell in love with each other because of like a Cuban uh, yeah. Cupid. Yep. That one didn't really matter in the big scheme of things. But I think if you're a fan of the characters, this is going to do a lot in the way of their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Real good. Um, and finally, um, I read issue 22 of Matt and Charlene Kint's Depth, or Department H, um, which means we have two issues left after this one. And um, what has been like a book of, you know, what was first a, a, a murder mystery became a book of survival, um, and while delving into the past of all the different characters that were previously suspects for our um, protagonist's um, father's murder. Um, and... Uh, we ne- this book is now less about the survival of the group and is now about the survival of one um and uh it's uh it's really 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 good and um i realized i never realized this until now every issue has had a, a notch on the um
3: oh, you didn't realize that <laughs>
1: Well, I, maybe I did realise that I feel like maybe we've been, uh, as, as I said, I was like, wait, we've probably talked about this before, but yeah, I, yeah. I like being reminded of it. On um, On on the on, on each page, there's a notch from the bottom to the top. And I guess when it, when the first issue came out, there was just one notch and the second issue was two notches. And now we have 22 notches of water. It's like the water yeah. level is rising higher and higher.
3: I think it's such a good indication of like the tension. Yes. And such a good way to show how the story's building. So clever. So, so clever at like little um, outer panel bonus-y stuff.
1: Like yeah, that. totally. And also um, a letter in this confirms that this does tie in to his um, other great series, Mind MGMT, um, mm-hmm. in a in a small way, mm-hmm. which is cool. cool. Um, yeah, great great series. Um, I highly recommend when this is collected. That everyone this is a must read. I think, um, and I think a lot we'll get a lot more attention once it's finished too.
3: Nice. Yeah, it seems like something that'll be great to read and trade.
1: Well, well, Shivan, ah. that's it. We did it. I we don't did know, it. How many how many comics is that? It's a lot of comics. It's a lot. I, I have to make sure I get all the ones that you read that I didn't. Mm. Um, it's going to take me about another hour just to type them all into my computer <laughs> for the episode notes. Um, but uh, hey, we did it. And everyone at King's Comics is standing up, applauding us Cheering for our hard us. work, especially Sam. Thanks, just Sam. Just absolutely losing it. Jim's crying. It with excitement. Yep.
3: George just throwing a bouquet of roses.
1: <laughs> Scott got our names tattooed to his arm. That's crazy. That's, That's good, too right? fast, Scott. That's very good. Thanks I so I actually much. feel embarrassed by all that. Right. <laughs> 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 um thank you so much for listening to the best episode of Serious uh, Issues Ever. That was really, really I fun. Nap. Um, your name is officially Shidong now. And we wouldn't, nice. And it if we didn't read two weeks at once, we never would have come to that conclusion. Um, if you want to find us online and congratulate us in person online, uh, <laughs> you can do so by finding us at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or joining our group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Or you can do so on Twitter because we're there too, at Serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG for Siobhan and at LevDog for me, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Um, you can find us also on Instagram on the same handles. And if you would like to support the show, um, and you know, basically pay for us to record bonus episodes mm-hmm. or maybe just chip in a little buck to show appreciation for us reading so many goddamn comics <laughs> and talking about them for hours of one hours at a time. Um, well, you can do so by going to com slash serious issues podcast. <sighs> Thanks guys. Now uh, you can email Siobhan to serious issues at dot com. Yeah.
3: Love it. Um, this
1: is real fun, Siobhan but I can't wait to read just thirty-something comics oh this week.
3: Yes, please.
1: Or none. Just, just not reading. Read manga. Yeah, perfect. Yay! A whole bag of manga. Yeah. Big cool, bag of manga. Big manga. Whatever. It's wow. a callback. Wow. Too, too tired for a proper callback. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on yes, a much guys. shorter show that will probably be even better than this one. I'm calling it. <laughs> no way. Get your hopes up. Bye.
0: Uh, uh, this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network
1: visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates it's not optional you have to do it (laughs) we used to go easy on it but now you have to yeah yeah
0: planning for your next trip
1: yahoofinance.com the number 1 financial destination yahoofinance.com